Happy New Year and good afternoon. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop here on 3 and Out. First time in 2022. Glad you're with us. Thanks for making us a part of your day. A lot to get to here on the show, uh, including college football. We have the national championship matchup set, Georgia and Alabama. I think a lot of folks foresaw this coming. Uh, ben, we talked about this uh, a lot leading up to it where everybody was like, it almost felt wrong that everybody's like, oh, it's Georgia and Alabama for the rematch, but that's exactly what we're getting. And uh, in, in two games that were won handily by both Georgia and Alabama in the playoffs, that certainly sparked debate about playoff expansion and all that. We'll get we'll get to all of that uh, on the show. You can send us your thoughts on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. Uh, we're streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com as well. Uh, you can also catch us on Facebook uh, Twitter and YouTube, uh, our YouTube channel as well. You can catch us streaming live uh, there on the show. We'll hear from Chris Gordy, Locked on SEC podcast, coming up in just a little bit. We'll get his thoughts on uh, the national championship game. That is a rematch and certainly a lot of things to get to with the NFL season. One week to go until they're done and into the playoffs as well. But Ben, Georgia and Alabama, a lot of people said it uh, weeks and weeks ago that we're just waiting for the rematch, and, well, now we have it. Yeah, you know, uh, starting with the Alabama game, uh, Kevin, you know, going into it, everybody knew that Cincinnati was obviously the feel-good story of the year because they deserved it. Notre Dame on the schedule beat them. You know, you talk about G5, you always say who's going to be that first one to break through. Um, and uh, Cincinnati was just overpowered just, just from a, just from a uh, you know, just from a scheme standpoint, a physicality standpoint. People look at the final. People look at the final score and go, "It's only twenty-seven to six. That game was over with." The fact that the fact that Brian Robinson, you know, got it. Obviously, last time we saw him in the SEC championship game, Kevin was kind of like banged up. Two hundred and four yards mean we control the tempo of the game. That means that we controlled the tempo. Three touchdown. I mean, uh, you know, three touchdown passes for Bryce Young. Obviously, pedestrian type numbers for him. If you want to call it that, seventeen to twenty-eight, hundred eighty-one yards. Cincinnati could not get anything going. They couldn't, they could not, they could not. Uh, Desmond Ritter did all he could, but he was running for his life. And Kevin, the old adage of, listen, you, you hit me once, okay, hit me twice, okay. I started getting hit every other play. I'm running away, from, I'm running away, you know, getting out of the pocket when, you know, uh, I might not actually be getting that pressure, but Alabama is still the creme de la creme. And I think that j- just for, I'm, I'm about to get to Georgia here in a second, but just for reference. Georgia had one of the greatest defenses we ever seen all year. Yep. I mean, we had one of the greatest defenses we ever seen ever. Georgia's defense and uh, Alabama's defense has given up the exact same number of yards all year. Think about that. Georgia's doing things we've never seen done in college football. Alabama did it too. But <clears throat> because Georgia went undefeated in the regular season, Alabama lost Texas and then we thought Alabama, you know, this wasn't going to be the year. Now, the buildup was Michigan and Georgia. Michigan finally get over the hump. They beat Ohio State. They got a Heisman Trophy uh, finalist, you know, with Aiden Hutchinson. You know, uh, you know, Harbaugh, you know, the brand, Big Blue, Darren, I mean, uh, Charles Wilson, you know, uh, Tom Brady, so on and so forth. They kicked the ball off and it was over. This is why it was over. The offensive lineman of Michigan walking in saying, run the you-know-what ball. <laughs> well, you're trying to do something against a Georgia team that's only given up three. Three rushing touchdowns all season. Jordan Davis is built to stop the run. They... That Stetson Bennett was, I mean, he was incredible. And what makes the game even crazy was Brock Bowers, five catches, 55 yards. Obviously, he had a touchdown in the opening drive, but he wasn't that focal point that we saw in the SC Championship game. But Georgia, they just leaned on those guys. And Kevin, I know we're going to get to it. This, is not, this does not mean that Michigan and, and Cincinnati were not 
good enough to be on sure. the same field with Georgia and Alabama. It's just the fact that when the consolation prize is Georgia and Alabama, and we're going to look at it and say, because Georgia didn't lose, Georgia only lost Alabama, didn't even lose in the regular season. Alabama lost by a field goal to Texas AM. I'm sorry. Michigan, they gonna, I know Michigan doing the whole, we'll be back. You'll be back to what? You got to get back to being Ohio State. And guess who's going to be waiting? Either Georgia or Alabama. If it's not a Georgia, Alabama, could it be a Texas AM, an LSU, or a Florida? Who, who knows? You're not going to get away from that. And I'm not saying that. You know, Alabama and Georgia cannot be beat, but the only team that has beaten Georgia is Alabama. The only team beat Alabama is Texas a and I'm sorry, Michigan. I'm sorry, Cincinnati. Great season, by the way, by both teams. But when the barometer is, when you know, when, when you're trying to kick down the door that's reinforced with crimson and red and black, it's going to be hard to kick that thing down. But shout out to, uh, uh, you know, shout out to Cincinnati for the great year and uh, hardball for Michigan. But, yeah, Kevin, you knew just like I know. Georgia and Alabama not going to talk about, you know, looking looking past the teams they were playing, but everybody kind of had this rematch uh, issue to their minds. They did. I think what you're also seeing with the the college football playoffs, and, and, and maybe I'm wrong, Ben. I mean, you can tell me if I'm off base here, where everybody's saying, oh, the, the, the playoff games largely are blowouts and uh, the matchups are, are, are bad, et cetera. I, I think more of what you see, in my opinion, is you see what happens when elite coaching gets nearly a month to prepare. Right, I mean, you you get look at kind of what happens in Super Bowls at times when you give elite coaches two weeks. You could you could, you mean to tell me I'm going to give Nick Saban, who in college football terms, and I don't know how many teams that can say they have better Nick, talent than Nick Saban. So I'm going to give the best coach with the best talent three weeks to get ready to play me. That's a tough ask. I'm going to give the best defense in college football maybe the last three weeks to watch Michigan tape and expect that it's going to be a close game. I, I, again, I, I think that is – that that's more to why you see some of the matchups you get because when you get to the playoffs, you have elite teams. And a lot of times, teams are elite at one thing, whether it be defense or what. I mean, Georgia has been good on offense, but they certainly have been elite on defense, and yes. they can fall back. When you get national champions, sometimes they're elite at both. We've seen Clemson uh, have opportunities where, where they've done that. Alabama certainly had instances where they've been elite on both the offensive and defensive side. But you get in these matchups, if you're going to give Kirby Smart, if you're going to give Nick Saban three weeks to get ready for you, I, I don't know that I would expect a close game, especially when they've got better players than I do uh, most of the time. So... I would be interested to see what the playoff results look like if we had championship Saturday and then played the first round of the playoffs the next week. Would we get better matchups on only a week's notice to kind of devise a game plan, see who's healthy, see how guys work? I think great coaches who spend their time in the film room, and Alabama certainly has that. They're, they got analysts and, and all of the other extras that go along with the big-time program who do nothing but sit there for 21 days and look at every single game tape that Michigan has rolled out there in 2021 and say, what can they do? And, and you give those guys three weeks to look at your body of work, they're going to come up with something that looks pretty good. And, uh, again, as you said, it was, what, 17 to nothing in the first quarter? It was done. It was done. Uh, it was just a, a shell shock there. And, again, I think with the Alabama uh, one, Ben, it was like, 27 to 6. I think that was one of those where Alabama was in control. Uh, they knew it. And it was kind of like, all right, Cincinnati, we'll let you do some things, but we we know we can keep you at arm's length. And 
now that we're up, you're not going to be able to uh, you're not going to be able to beat us. And I, I think that's we kind of saw some old school Nick Saban coaching in that in that look. It it's not the blowout fifty two to seven or something that people were thinking. But at 27-6 to against Alabama, the way they were playing, it might as well have been. So I, I think you saw Alabama with a good game plan. Maybe they knew physically in the trenches they were going to be a great matchup against uh, Cincinnati and they could save some stuff for Georgia. Who knows? I don't think I would ever, me personally, enter a uh, playoff game saying, oh, we're already going to the next round. This is not the way my brain thinks. I'm already, mm-hmm. oh, no, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel that way. So I think we're getting a matchup that everybody expected. Does that mean it's going to be a great matchup, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I, th- I think people say, oh, it's the two best teams. Well, keep in mind, we did just see this a couple of weeks ago. And so I had an interesting uh, – somebody said the other day, he goes, I-, I know it's for the national championship, but let's say Georgia wins. So Georgia won the national championship, but Alabama beat them in the conference championship. So did we decide anything other than these two guys, these two teams are great? They're one and one in their last two games this season. If it goes that way, mm-hmm. do we could play a best of two out of three? I mean, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I think that's kind of interesting the way it could play out where if Georgia wins, they would have lost to Alabama in the SEC championship game and then turn around and potentially be national champions. It's kind of that old adage we always just throw at Nick Staven. He doesn't care about the SEC championship. He wants to win the national championship. Well, we could be in that situation again where Georgia doesn't win the SEC, but might they win the national championship? That, that, could, that could be. I mean, Kevin, I mean, Georgia got good a shot as any, right? When you, something you said about Nick Saban when you, talk, when you talk about giving these guys so much time, right? Football, just like any sport, comes down to three things. You got schemes, you got matchups, you got outcomes. If I got the best player, well, I can, I can, play, a, I can play a better scheme than you. You know, uh, if I got better players, that's going to favor these matchups, and it's going to lead to probably positive outcomes. You said being up 27-6. to 27-6, Alabama. When's the last time somebody said this? Alabama, man, they came back and beat them. That doesn't happen. That, doesn't, that hasn't happened since Nick Saban has been in Alabama. Now, has Alabama battled back to beat somebody? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Alabama being up 17, they might as well be up 50 because they're going to they're gonna take away what you – number one, they're going to make you one-dimensional. If you're good at throwing the football, they're going to take it away from you, make you run the football. If you think you're going to run the football to beat Alabama, huh, good luck with that. Think about Georgia is what Michigan does well. Georgia doesn't give up. We don't give up nothing, not a yard. So I get you can wear a shirt saying we going to run the ball. That don't mean nothing to Jordan Davis. That don't mean nothing to Kobe Dean. Those guys lived in the backfield. And sometimes, Kevin, you have to see elite talent, not just be it. I got to go up against it. When you when elite talent meets elite talent, something going to something, you know, something got to give. And I, that doesn't mean that the talent of these other schools ain't there. But you got a different brand of football in the South. Guys, are, guys ain't bigger in the South. They real big. They real big <laughs> in the South, right? And the thing about it is, is when you got offensive linemen that's used to leaning on guys, leaning on guys, Jordan Davis is a freaking mountain. You can't move him. I think it's going to always favor these type teams. But the SEC bias is there, but it's also real because the team that get to win the championship is the team that was in the tournament to win it. Well, that's going to be Alabama every other year. And Alabama is doing this, and they got a – and listen, all these guys, they got freshmen and sophomore next to their name. They're they coming back in 2022. I mean, Bryce Young is a freshman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's coming back. So I do think that, you know, Alabama, no matter what happens, Kevin, you know, just like I know, the reason why we get stunned when Alabama loses because it doesn't happen often. And then it's who beat them? Johnny Manziel. 
you know, Tim Tebow. You got to have using an elite quarterback talent to beat them. Not saying that Stetson Bennett can't go out there and do that, but yes. Michigan, great season. Cincinnati, great season. But you give Nick Saban time, Nick Saban in that meeting room going, there's 0% chance that's going to happen against us. Nick Saban, go, go back and look at when he took the picture for the SC Championship game. He looking like a dude that is unimpressed, that is unamused, that's saying, all right, I mean, we won this. We won this last year. So, yes, Kevin, the rematch is here. You know, I know we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it every every way, shape, or form between oh, yeah. now and next Monday. But uh, shout-out to the Crimson Tide. Shout-out to them Bulldogs. They were the best two teams all season long. And, Obviously, the last two seasons standing. Absolutely. And a, a great uh, kind of end of the bowl season uh, there with the New Year's Six games. Still got one more bowl game to go before the college football playoff tomorrow uh, with LSU and Kansas State in the Texas Bowl. So we will uh, get to that uh, before we get to the national championship. We got so much to get to. We'll, of course, talk about this rematch. Uh, that we're going to get between Alabama and and Georgia. What will be different here this time? Love to hear from you. 912-342-7184. Why will it be different in, in round number two? Uh, how tough is it to beat a team twice uh, in, in sports, in college football and pro football? Love to hear from you on that. And, of course, all the we got too many teams in the playoffs now argument comes rolling out again. But is that uh, bogus? We'll get to that when we return. It's three and out. On the Southern Pigskin Radio. Three and out on this Monday. No BJ Bennett. He'll be back with us uh, hopefully tomorrow uh, on the show. Also, uh, Ben Troop, good to have you here. 2022 here on the show. Ben, college football playoff uh, expansion. You had people talking about uh, that going, see, see, look, look, look at these games. We, we don't need more teams in the playoffs. These games aren't close. They're not competitive. We don't need more teams in the college football playoff. I actually think this is still a good argument for more teams uh, in in the playoffs. What say you after watching uh, two games that obviously Georgia-Michigan was pretty much over in the first quarter and Alabama and Cincinnati uh, pretty much at arm's length the whole game? I, I do think you need an expansion, Kevin, because it's too many It's too many conferences, it's too many teams, and – isn't it, isn't it sad that we're looking at the end result to, 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 to validate? I'm always going to look for something to validate my perspective, right? That's what we do in life. I mean, let me find something to validate how I feel. No. How many teams get dominated by Alabama? Most of them. Yeah. Like, most teams get dominated by Alabama, right? Michigan had a great year. You, go, you, you know, you go, you go to Utah. Utah, the same, Oregon, the team that beat Ohio State, got beat twice by Utah this year. So I think, and, and Kevin, I, I do agree. What scares what scares people with the expansion is you got a team for one game, one game. If you are who you say you are, you are gonna make it to the next round. But if you got any type of you got any type of slouch in your game, you could get you got a chance to be beat. And I will say this: we've gotten used to certain teams winning it, right? You get used to the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the LSU's. I get it. I, people go, "Is college football bad?" If it would have been Cincinnati and Michigan, no. It wouldn't have been bad because we're still going to watch. Now, we're going to say who in the world they beat. I think who you beat is just as compelling as who beat you. But I do think expansion has to, has to happen, Kevin, sooner rather than later. I mean, think about it. Look at how big college football is. You got these big-time coaches going to these $100 million coaches now. You want to see yeah. these coaches, you know, on display with these brands. I mean, so I, I do think expansion, Kevin, is here. And for those people say, see what happened. Okay. I mean, we, we still watch NBA playoffs, right? The first round going to be blowouts. It's going to be a bunch of four O's moving on to the next round, right? But we still watching. We watch the NCAA tournament. Why? Because, you know, Cinderella, I'm, I'm, that slipper will not fit 
you know, the closer you get to that to, to the yeah. final four. But I, I just think that football is different because you need variety. And sometimes, Kevin, you know, how many people got a chance to see Utah actually play because of the bowl game they played? You ain't even seen them play. Are they that good? Yes. It took a guy catch for almost well, that, and that, and, yards and, you know, and, things of that nature. And that's kind of my, my argument, uh, again, as well, of – uh, uh, when you get the conference champions in there, right? I mean, it, because I know I've talked, I've gone round and round with BJ about this, but I do think college football playoff expansion is a good thing. And I would say simply look no further than the New Year's Six, right? Those three games we got on New Year's Day, we're, we're, we're good. Uh, Notre Dame was up big. Everybody's like, oh, 28 to 7. Mike Gundy, oh boy, Oklahoma State falls flat on their face again. And eh! Oklahoma State comes back from 28 7. And wins the ball game. Ohio State Utah might have been one of the most entertaining games of the entire season. Back and forth. You could say that was no defense. There was some of that, but Ohio State scored on three straight plays. Three straight times they threw the ball, they scored a touchdown. Utah would answer back with great plays. Fantastic football game. And then you get to Baylor Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. Two teams expect to have high. Potent offenses. Now, I know Matt Corral went out, but the final score was 21-7. Baylor threw for 40 yards, ran for almost 300, and won a football game. Uh, those teams would all be in the playoffs in an expanded model uh, under that scenario. Were those games not any good? Certainly looked pretty good to me uh, when I was checking them out. So, I think college football playoff expansion is a good thing. I think it gets more teams involved. It gets more teams interested. gets more fan bases interested. And again, don't look at the rating on Monday night and say, well, look, it's fine. People care. No, it's the last game of the year, and it's the only game on. There's no other option on Monday night but to watch Georgia and Alabama. If you like, if you, if you like college football, that's it. It doesn't mean people aren't like, man, I really wish Alabama wasn't there. Uh, but I think you want to see a couple other teams get a crack. And, again, I'll put that out to, to, to BJ. Again, the end result to me with a playoff is not to determine who wins and loses. Right? We're not here to say we can only have a playoff if every game is decided by a touchdown or less. I get it. We're fans. We want to see intriguing games. I, I get that part. But I've had numerous arguments with BJ on this and other people. I don't, I don't know as much you've been, but other people who said, look, this is why you can't go auto bids from conference champions. Uh, why not? Utah was an auto bid. Mm -hmm. They had four losses and gave Ohio State everything they wanted mm -hmm. and probably could have won the game. Could have, could have won the football game. Could have won the game. And, and, and I think they uh, started quarterback got hurt. They do right. it with a backup at the end of the game. Right. So a team with four losses, and this is why I said, look, everybody has a chance to win their league. Sometimes we may look at it from the outside and go, oh, the Pac-12 is not very good. Well, Utah won it. Maybe Utah is very good, despite they had a couple of slip-ups along the way. And look what happened in the Rose Bowl. And again, is that a non-validation standpoint that Utah still lost? No, that was a great football game. And Utah had four losses, and most people will be screaming they should never be in the playoffs because they have four losses. I think playoff expansion is a good thing. I think you get great matchups. Put the conference champions in there from the P5. And see what happens. Uh, again, I don't think the full measure is it has to be a seven-point game or a three-point game, and every game needs to be decided on a last-second field goal or a tackle at the one-yard line for it to be good. No, I think we need more teams in there 
Uh, why? For the same reason every other league wants more teams in there. So more teams, more fan bases are interested for longer. When you're eliminated, and again, I, I heard more of the, oh, you ruined the regular season. So exactly how do you ruin the regular season when more teams think they can win it? Don't sell me, I've been, and I hate the every game matters crap. I mean, what's the most popular league on the face of the, of the earth? And maybe it would be some soccer league, but according to, at least in this country, what is the most popular sport league in this country? SEC football. That or the National Football League? Yes. Right? Is anybody not watching the NFL because no. teams have four and five losses? No. no, they're watching because Tom Brady might win another Super Bowl, because Pat Mahomes might win a Super Bowl, because Aaron Rodgers might win a Super Bowl with a team he hates. That's why we watch. Right? I mean, I personally, if I'm a fan, do I care if my team has two losses, if they're still in the playoffs? I don't. It means I care more. Under the current system, if my team has two losses, I'm done. I'm, I'm trying to see what food product bowl I'm going to <laughs> to play against some other team that probably d- doesn't care about being there. Right? If I, if, I, if I get in the playoffs, I care. I don't care how many losses I have. I have a chance. So I, I think, to me, that's the – no, I don't need to calm down. Chris is trying to tell me to calm down. I'm just saying all the folks who are, who are looking at a score to validate their argument, I think are a little short-sighted, and I think – Look at the New Year's Six and how good those games were. All of those teams would have been in a playoff this year. Those were great games. All of them were great games. And I think, look, it's going to – playoff expansion should happen because, like you said, uh, Kevin, the automobiles, sometimes your conference was just really, really good that year. Nobody's going to – if you play uh, if you play in the ACC in basketball, you run the gauntlet in the regular season. Like, you were running the gauntlet. You got some of the best teams. In co- so, you're not going to have a bunch of guys that don't, don't have some losses. And so, you're going to get the regular season champ and obviously the tournament champ. But if you make it to, if you make it into the tournament, you 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 know my the conference that I play in has has uh, built me up to survive you know uh, in this tournament. You talk about college football, there is great football across you know across the country. Yes, you know where football is keen, where football is religion is in the South, but they play it all over. For everybody talking about the Rose Bowl. Ohio State had a receiver have almost 340 yards. He had three touchdowns. They won the game. Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. had three touchdowns and. They won the game by a field goal. They needed every yard. They needed every touchdown. C.J. Stroud, who was a Heisman Trophy finalist at, at, a, at a certain point. All I'm saying is when you start talking about these games, it can't be because how, how the, you know, the end result. Oh, uh, you know, Georgia beat up on Michigan. That was going to happen. Alabama beat up on Cincinnati. That was going to happen. That doesn't mean those teams weren't good enough to get to where they got. Now, I will say if you had an expanded playoff, Kevin, I know we're going to get to it. You're not going to see that word opt-out. Not if everybody's watching. Mm-mm. Because like you say, it's another chance. Chris Olave did not play against Ohio State. His teammate. Against Utah. Out, he didn't against play Utah. against Utah. When his teammate had over 300-something yards uh, receiving. So what is that going to do for his draft stock? Oh, man, Chris Olave didn't play. Another guy steps in. Marvin Harrison Jr. Out there looking like his daddy running those fade routes. And that fade route, that last fade route he ran. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at the cornerback like, um, do you think he's about to run the slant? Why are you playing to the inside? I, that's why I can't play a deep. Be a defensive coordinator, I lose my mind. But I do think expansion is on the horizon because you need to see a lot more teams on display. And I do, I still think the best teams are going to end up winning this thing. But Kevin, like you said, Notre Dame, new head coach, up big. Oh man, you can, oh man, he finished all up. No, 
It's like Mike Gundy said, nope, I've been doing this. Congratulations to be the new head coach of Notre Dame, <laughs> but I've been doing this. So that's why I think more teams need to get in because I think those guys are deserving of being on. Sure. He's having, having a display game for people that don't normally watch that brand of football. Yeah, I think you're – and you will get good games in the in, in the college football playoffs uh, out of it. I think that's some of it. And, again, you're giving elite coaches three weeks to prepare in some cases for, for some of these games. We've got more to come here on 3 and Out. We are getting the rematch. But what's been, what's, what will be different this time around from what happened uh, a month ago? How tough is it to beat a team two times in the same season? We'll get to that next year on 3 and Out. Here to you, Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, here with you on 3 and Out. We'll hear from Chris Gordy of the Locked On SEC podcast coming up in Hour 2 of the program. But we have the rematch, Ben. Uh, Georgia and Alabama. Alabama, of course, wins the SEC championship game 41-24 back in early December. What will be different this time around? No John Mechie for Alabama. Uh, John Mechie was a big, uh, huge factor the first time, first time out against Alabama. I mean, against Georgia, you know, him, him and Jefferson on the other side. Um, I think I just, like you said, Kevin, having tape, I mean, you're not going to just be dramatically different from what you did uh, the first time. But I, another thing that's going to be different, Brian Robinson, even though, I, you know, even though he, uh, he did the best he could the first time around, had 204 yards, obviously, against, uh, against Cincinnati, a healthy Brian Robinson because – I, I, trying to just run the football against Georgia to, to make sure you stay balanced is a good thing. But I think the confidence of, uh, of Stetson Bennett, I think sometimes, is Stetson Bennett this dramatically different player? No. Has Stetson Bennett ever beaten Alabama? No. But Stetson Bennett did, the, the first time he played Alabama, he did, he did the same thing in the second half. He did, it, he did the second time he played them. That's having two picks in the second half. It's halftime adjustments. You're going to hope that uh, that defensive coordinator for Alabama can outsmart you know, Coach Munkin for uh, for Georgia because the thing about it, the thing about Stetson is, can he establish, can he establish that same rapport, or can or or can can the can the can the supporting cast not named Brock Bowers go out there and make plays? Because that's what happened, uh, you know, against against Michigan. So I do think Kevin the second time around is understanding what you up against because it's one thing to say how good are they. It's another thing to say, well, I've been I've, I've stood in front of them, and uh, I just think that if you are Georgia, it's like, dude. It, at a certain point, you say to yourself, dude, we got, we got to find a way to get over this hurdle. Because, Kevin, you know, know, just like I know, being ranked number one, great defenses, great storylines, great recruiting classes mean nothing if you can't beat the team that's, that, that, you, that you set out to beat. If I can't beat Alabama, it's going to be great for SCB Day. It's going to be great for, for interviews. Man, what happened when you played them? Oh, well, so I think that hopefully what's going to be different this time around, Kevin, is the confidence of a Stetson Bennett, the supporting cast around Brock Bowers, and uh, maybe, maybe uh, you know, a hungrier, uh, a healthier Brian Robinson, who's obviously going to have to find a way to try to uh, run the football because this is unfamiliar territory as far as, like, where they're going to be. Indy, I don't, know if any, I don't know if any of these young men has ever been to Indy, ever. And if they have, they sure ain't went to see the Colts play. I mean, what would you do that for? Well, some of them might be in a couple months. Yeah, some of them are getting, getting ready to go to the combine, but that's going to be a different I, – I saw the guys actually uh, – uh, you know, uh, actually uh, pulling up the turf, getting ready for the national championship. And I thought they had a machine. They got the men out there like, hey, man, you know, got a bunch of guys that are rolling up that turf. But uh, I think the second time around, Kevin, is going to be hopefully the mindset of Georgia. Because you know it's going to be the narrative, right, Kevin? If Georgia loses, quote, they didn't need the NC championship game. Yeah, yes, they did. Because you could have eliminated Alabama from this tournament. Like, yeah. Alabama would not have been in had you beat them. But, you know, the old adage of, you know, be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm trying to tell you, when the man is wearing crimson, he is rough to deal with, but I do think Stetson Bennett understands what it's going to take to get it done. 
I do think Alabama is not going to, you know, look past Georgia. It should, it should be a great heavyweight match. All right, beating a team twice. How t- do, you, do you buy into that, or is it – seems like you might not because you have said a number of times on the show college football is a week-to-week thing. So if you can bring it two weeks against Georgia, it may not be any different than beating them the first time, right? I mean, but, but how much of there, how much of that is actually real versus something that we as fans say to ourselves to uh, to, to make us feel better? It's like, oh, it's, man, it's really tough to beat a team twice, beat a good team twice. Do you buy that? And uh, if so, does that favor Georgia that Alabama already got them? Uh, if it, if it was anybody other than Alabama, I think it would favor Georgia. But I think the thing about Alabama is they've seen it all and done it all, right? I mean, forget the fact that they got to beat Georgia play. Georgia has to play them twice. Like, do we got to we got to play them again? Yes. And people are gonna say Georgia, Alabama had their best game. No, they didn't. Bryce Young just gave you a, Bryce Young best play in that game was not his touchdown pass, but when he lost the fumble and got it back. And the one thing that didn't work for Georgia, they're gonna have to work on. They didn't get there with that front seven. I mean, I know that Bryce Young made some plays with his feet, but that, that front seven wasn't getting there like you normally see. And Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis is going to have to find a way to know they're going to try to keep you on the field, big boy, because the one thing about it is, as great as he is, fatigue is a real thing. That's a lot of weight moving around. They lean up against well over 600 pounds every single play doing it with double teams, keeping them on the field, keeping them on the field. And who can win on the outside for Georgia? You know what N'Kobe Dean brings to the table. You know what Jordan Davis does on the inside. Can Nolan Smith and those guys get there? Because, Kevin, nothing can disrupt a game more than a, than a pass rusher that, that's living in the backfield. You don't got to sack him, but you got to get him off his spot. But I, I storylines are always fun to me. We're talking about can you beat a team twice? And most teams ain't going to play a team twice unless you're talking about, like, the conference championship if you play them in the regular season for some odd reason. But if it was anybody other than Alabama, to every rule there is an exception. I think Alabama is that exception because Nick Saban, he is the greatest at situational football. He's like, look. This is what I think they're going to do. This is how I think they're going to do it. How do we counteract what they want to do? How do, we, how do we keep coming at them, you know, making them, you know, force them into bad situations? Because, Kevin, you know, just like I know, if Georgia gets down again, that doubt. I, I, heard, I had a coach tell me this, and it is so true. He says every player has doubt in them. It's your job to make that doubt get bigger. Everybody has doubt in them. I'm a great hitter as long as I'm connected with the ball. I start – if I start, you know, swinging at this thing as a pitcher, I'm finna, I'm finna use that doubt against him. As a, as a guy that used to catch the ball, if I'm dropping balls, that guy that was talking trash in my ear, it gets louder. Oh, you. So, in a sense, that's going to be George's biggest thing, dude. We got to leave no doubt. Because if there is any room for doubt, nobody's going to expose him more than Alabama. But I do think it is going to be different, Kevin. I think the Georgia team is going to come in confident. But if you ever know St. Nick, St. Nick, he's like, look, man, I'm always trying to update my resume. I already lost to a, a guy that was, you know, under me and Jimbo Fisher. I can't have two guys in the same year. Because, you know, Kevin, everybody's waiting. Nick Saban is always playing for something different, right? He's done it all, but he want to do more. And, you know, I'm, I only want to know what his money is these days because of, you know, Brian Kelly and, uh, you know, Lincoln Riley but, uh, and Mel Tucker. But, yeah, Kevin, I do think this is going to be a really, really good game. It's going to have to be – it's going to be – who is Stetson Bennett at the halftime? Because if he can play better in the second half, I don't know if that means Georgia wins, but you can't be throwing the ball to Alabama and think you're going to beat them, especially when that Georgia defense is going to have to find a way to slow down the Alabama offense. I, well, I guess that's my, my, my question is, all right, you need to play better, and you, you got to have Alabama not play as well, but are you 17 points better? 
Are you 21 points better? Because uh, Alabama beat you 41-24. So how much better can you play versus how much worse can you make Alabama play? And is that enough to close that gap uh, there in the national championship game? Because, again, you can say, I think some of that stuff goes out the window when you're like, oh, well, we've already beat – it's the national championship. I yeah. mean, Nick Saban is the master mental, you know, uh, mastermind when it comes to motivating his team and having his team prepared. I mean, my God, you had players for Alabama saying, man, I, I, we're the underdog here against Cincinnati. I hope we can come out and really – I mean, you had quotes <laughs> yeah. from people on Alabama's team. They have won national championships before. They have lost one game all season long, saying with a straight face in front of folks, man – I, I, we, we really, a lot of people disrespect this. Not one person was disrespecting Alabama playing Cincinnati. Not one person. And yet you had grown men talking to press members saying, yeah, we, we feel like we're getting a little disrespected. Like <laughs> people don't think we're going to be able yeah. to beat Cincinnati. And they're a great team. But, man, we, we really going to have to come out and play our A game. Come on. Like, this is the national championship game. This is what people go to Alabama for. I think they'll be – for all the – oh, Georgia's going to be extra motivated because they lost the SEC championship. And heck with that. Alabama's going to be just as motivated because it's the national championship, and that's what you do. As you said, Ben, you want to talk about pressure? Yeah, yeah it's been since 1980 uh, since Georgia won a national championship, and there is some pressure that comes with that. Kirby Smart talks about that. There's pressure at Alabama not to be that team that can't get it done in a big game, right? I mean, there there is there is something to be said for. That. I mean, people talk about that with. I mean, you hear about uh, listen to all those guys with the U back in the day. They're like, it's not so much that we couldn't lose or we were badly. We didn't want to be the team that was doing the losing. Like we we didn't want it to be us. We had that to, to uphold, and I think that's some of what's going on in Alabama as well. Georgia's trying to set a mark mm-hmm. uh, with, with where they want their program to be. Alabama's trying to maintain uh, mm-hmm. that mark and not have – and there's probably a lot of guys that take ownership. I mean, Bryce Young, my God. I mean, Bryce Young's – the three guys in front of me, the last three guys that played this position in front of me won natties. Well – I just won the Heisman, something they didn't do. So yeah. what does that mean for me in this game? Yeah. Better win. So I'm going to be the guy that wins the Heisman but doesn't win a national championship? Like, some of that stuff I think goes into it in uh, the, the motivation as they get ready to play this game. So I think both teams are going to be highly motivated to come in and, and really play an A-plus ball game. Yeah, I do think I do think it comes down to uh, the pressure versus standard. I do think uh, George is coming in with a lot of pressure on them to kind of get over that hump. And it's something you said, Kevin. I mean, when Alabama does their anniversary teams, they're doing it every year. Oh, you know, I mean, every every recruiting <laughs> class that Nick Saban has, has recruited has, has won a national championship. And something you said about Bryce Young, what, is, what does the Heisman mean if you don't win it? Oh, you won the high? Oh, that's cool. Well, Mark Ingram won the national championship. Derrick Henry won the national championship. Devonta Smith won the national championship. Mac Jones threw the ball to the national championship winner. I think Bryce Young's first touchdown as a, uh, for Alabama was, was with Devonta Smith. Think about that. You come through Alabama and say, hey, man, listen, man, don't, don't be the ones. What? Don't be the ones that don't win it. Because that's, that, that's, a, that's a standard that's hard to come by. Most teams, they want to go out there and compete for conference championships, maybe try to get into college football playoff. In Alabama, you are saying, I don't want to be that team. Right? Because, man, I mean, Matt Jones won another championship. He went undefeated. Uh, Tua won it as a freshman. Jalen had to, had to defer, you know, in the second, in, to the second, in the second half to a Tua to win it. I just think that most teams, they want to have some great moments. Alabama is about winning it all. And 
I don't know how many teams, may he rest, I don't know how many teams Kobe Bryant went and spoke to. He spoke at Alabama. And he had every ear in there. And, I, and he was in there talking about, dude, it's about the work. It's about the preparation. The, the, the results take care of themselves when you're putting in the work. He says, and if everybody putting in that work, while everybody else hoping to win, you expect to win because that's how hard I work. If you've ever seen Alabama practice, that's why the games are easy because it's rough. And look at Nick Saban. He don't get impressed by much. I mean, if anything. So I do think, Kevin, we are talking about the standard versus pressure. And once again, if Alabama loses to Georgia in the national championship and Georgia won the conference championship, they won the SEC championship, how much more dangerous is it going to make Alabama going into the 2022? It's not good. They're not letting off. the. Yeah. It's not going to get any easier for the competition. So it's going to be some great storylines. But if you are Bryce Young, He's Mr. Cool, calm, collect money at all. He's like, hey, dude, I'm a duck on water. While I'm cool <laughs> on the surface, right? I am, I am kicking like hell underneath this water because I don't want to be the one. I, I think that's a, I think that's a great, great way to look at Kevin because that's what it is in Alabama, man. Where they just expect to get it done. I think Taylor Lewan, who went to Michigan, was asking, um, he was asking Derek here, hey man, what they pay y'all? How they get y'all to come out? What they pay y'all with? He, he said they pay us in rings. And he stuck his hand up, had all these rings on it. That's how we get paid in Alabama. He said, what they pay y'all for in Michigan? He said, because wherever they paying y'all, it ain't enough. Because y'all ain't getting it done. <laughs> we got more to come here on 3 and Out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Take three right around the corner. Also, Chris Gordy, Locked On SEC Podcast, will join us coming up as well. It's 3 and Out all across the Southern Pigskin. 3 and Out on this Monday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us. We'll get to take three. Chris Gordy, Ben, going to join us. Coming up in hour number two, the Locked On SEC podcast. Kevin, look, it, it, it's happening, right? We got we got one left. No, nobody loves bowl games more than Kevin. Oh, the, he don't yeah. think it's enough. He don't. Th- I mean, forty or however <laughs> it is is enough. But no, Kevin. I mean, this is you know an- another year is uh, obviously we got where well, we got one bowl game left, and then we got the national championship. That's right. Have you know? Have you been won over by the bowl game? No, I, and again, I tell BJ this all the time. Just because I watch a lot of them doesn't mean they're necessary, right? I mean, I, I watch them because they're there, and I guess that's BJ's main argument whenever I talk to him. He's like, well, they're there. I'm like, no, I, I get it. But no, there's still too many bowl games. And, and again, I think we go through the uh, college football has kind of got the – uh, the, the the great uh, hypocritical stance a lot of people are like, oh, college football is great because every game matters. And then we get to bowl season and literally like none of them do. Like only a couple of them even, you know, have remote importance. The New Year's Six and, of course, the playoffs. Everything else is like free trip for the kids, gift bags. Maybe it's at a cool location. Maybe it's not, but it's a couple more practices and that's basically what it is. So, yeah, no, still too many bowl games. Uh, I would be still in favor of cutting them down in about half. Even if you only had 20, which seems like a, a decent amount, you're still talking about the top 40 teams uh, in the country making a bowl game, which to me is more than enough. I, I, I don't need to see. I mean, the SEC, God love them. They love touting themselves, and I appreciate it, and uh, I, you know they're good at it. But they are out there saying, we had 13 teams make bowl games. Well, you did. Five of them were 6-6. Six and six. Barely barely worth getting excited over and, and a lot of them lost their bowl game uh of those six and six teams uh as well and i would say that and i've been a pretty staunch uh in that stance of if you have six wins you don't need to be in a bowl game that, that that's i know ben you look at it different because you were players like hey it's something cool for the players i get it but go out there and and win more games than you lose i, I you know we had a couple teams i think rutgers well this was covid you know territory but they even what five and eight after they lost in the bowl game. So, 
yeah, I, I I get it. I get why they're there, but again, that, that's it's just a game. Uh, a lot of these, and they don't really mean anything. So I watched some, but there's no real emotional pull to them. It's like, okay, I watched a few snaps of the first responder bowl. That's fine, but it, it's not appointment viewing. Well, 2022 off to a roaring start, Ben. I just slammed head first right through the first heartbreak of the the year at the end of last hour. So off to a rip-roaring start right out of the gate here on 3 It Out. Just Just kept talking, talking about meaningless bowl games and up, oh, missed it. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, Kevin, no, Kevin. At the, at the at the end of the day, you know, you you already in rare form. I mean, once you go, welcome back to this Tuesday. Wait a minute, is it, <laughs> no, everybody, everybody got that touch. And 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 the thing about it is, is, but that's how I know, Kevin, you love bowl games, Kevin. Like I'm missing the heart out because I love bowl. No, Kevin. I mean, before we get to take three, let's just jump into it. If the Kevin Thomas, you know what it is, bowl game comes up, are you? You know the first thing gonna say is Kevin, you got to go out there and say. I want to apologize for what I said. I'm not doing it. Yes, you are. There's too many bowl games. Just, there's too many bowl games still, just not this one. This yeah, one yeah, is yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I wasn't talking about that. You think I was talking about this one? No, this I'm, is the I'm best. Talking about this is the best that. bowl game there is. And, and you know, listen, no, no. I, I, I love bowl games for different reasons. I think I think uh, we we downplay how hard it is. I think this year proved how hard it is to get the six wins. Just look at the bottom half of the SEC with a bu- bu- bunch of them, six and six. Hey, six wins, Kevin, is, you know, you get rewarded for going to the bowl games. Plus, if you are a player, you get some cold, hard cash and maybe some nice bowl games. There you go. We've got a lot more to get to. This hour, we'll talk with uh, we'll talk with Chris Gordy, Locked On SEC Podcast. He'll join us. We'll talk about the rematch upcoming with Alabama and, uh, and Georgia. We also have one more bowl game featuring an SEC team, uh, and that is LSU-Kansas State tomorrow night in the Texas Bowl. So he'll join us coming up in just a little bit. We'll talk about all of that. But first, let's take three here on three and out. All right, Ben, we talk all about the non-competitiveness of the playoff games, but what was the best non-playoff bowl game? Outback Bowl. For for different reasons, right? Okay, once again, here come Coach Franklin playing against an SEC team. Obviously, he got to be the head coach at uh, Penn State for what he did at Vanderbilt. Here comes Arkansas, the bottom, which is supposed to be the bottom feeder, not just the, the bottom feeder in the SEC West, maybe one of the bottom feeders in the SEC, period. Coach Sam Pittman is saying, okay, hmm. <clears throat> Kevin, uh, something you said about the Baylor game. Look, look, we're not going to throw the ball that much. Yeah, we finna run that thing, and they ran it. And they ran some more. K.J. Jefferson did not have the best game throwing the football, but they, I think they rushed for like 300 and like 60-something yards. Arkansas knows that whenever they lose, it's, oh, it's Arkansas. Penn State knows that every time they lose, we're like, hey, who did y'all lose to, Ohio State, Michigan? No, we lost to Arkansas. So don't give me this notion of, oh, well, we didn't want to be here. Yeah, you did. Of course you did. Coach Sam Pittman is one of the best coaches in the country because he's doing it in the SEC West. And I, I, I think Auburn, I think Auburn lost to Penn State uh, in the regular season up there, up there in Happy Valley when they had the zombie, you know, zombie land and all this. Yeah, yeah. But zombie Arkansas, Nation, zombie Nation. I apologize, PJ. Zombie Nation. Yeah, well, they were seeing ghosts. They were just, they just <laughs> happened to have on that Arkansas, that Arkansas red, but that Cardinal red or whatever color. But yes, I, I would say the Outback Bowl. Because I just think that Kevin, every time Arkansas plays, they're playing for respectability all the time. It wasn't in, you know, in conference, out of conference, bowl game. Shout to Sam Pittman, shout to Arkansas. They had their way with them boys, you know, uh, from old, from old, uh, Happy Valley. I wasn't gonna say it because I thought you were gonna say it, so I was I was prepared to pick another one. But Rose Bowl, man, that was that. How, Ooh, how, it, it was. It was. I, I, I think that one was uh, to me, and maybe it's the recency bias. There was a lot of great bowl games, but uh, that one was one where, uh, you know, I. I 
I look at it back and forth. Never a just runaway dominating lead. You had Ohio State literally walk it off with just a couple of, a couple of seconds left uh, on the clock. So to me, it was the Rose Bowl. Great football game. Uh, really, the New Year's Six games were all pretty good. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Rose Bowl as the best non-playoff game that uh, took place during, during bowl season. Moving along, Ben, take two. The Atlanta Falcons are currently 7-9. and nine. That's not the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, they were 4-12. and 12. Do you believe they are better? Absolutely. For different reasons, though. Now, I will say the defense has been playing better. Oh, Kyle Pitts went over the other thousand yard mark. I think he broke Mike Dickens' record for the most uh, receiving yards for for a rookie tight end. Cordell Patterson not making the Pro Bowl is a travesty. I, I, I'm not even. I don't even got enough time for that, Kevin. But it's what it's what this division has done. Now we know that the class of the division is Tampa. They won the division. Cool. Carolina. Wow. I don't know what is going. Sam Donald. <laughs> Cam, Sam Donald. Cam Newton. Any anybody that wants to come in can't play the quarterback position for them right now. And the, and the Falcons got some, got got a chance to do something this weekend. The people that think I'm doing the the uh, Saints got beat at home by the Falcons this year. Uh, if the Saints win on on Sunday, they get a chance to make the playoffs. I think the Falcons say we ain't going, y'all ain't going. Shout out, listen, shout out to Arthur Smith who Kevin. I mean, took a little while to kind of get it going, but they seem to be playing. They seem to be playing better these last couple of weeks. So I, yeah, seven and nine. No one expected Atlanta to be world beaters. We we thought they had a maybe a, a very very small outside chance of being a wild card team, but it's it's you know. Much, you know, much improved from from a year ago. Still got some ways to go, but got some things to work with. If they can find a way to beat them pesky Saints, they can keep them boys out. But yeah, seven and nine, Kevin, compared to four, yes, that is an improvement. Yeah, and again, I think you, I guess you look at it and you say, you kind of come on and, and gripe about what they don't have uh, as much uh, on, on this team, uh, Ben. So much that you kind of look at them and say, they are they really that much better? Their offensive line has struggled a large portion of the year. Yeah, they do have Kyle Pitts, they do have Matt Ryan, but you have a Receiver slash running back as kind of your best offensive weapon, Cordell Patterson. Your defense is, I mean, they're okay. I guess you still can't rush the passer. It's still the same old thing. And so I think people look at him and say, are they better? Is this a team that's better under Arthur Smith? And I think if you just look at the record, I know, Ben, you like to tout with your Tennessee Titans. Won four games in year one, won five games year two. They were better. I guess if you look at the, uh, at the, at the record, I think sometimes you see what's going on around this Falcons team, and it may be a surprise that they won uh, seven games at this point. Uh, but, but if they are better, I don't know if they're much better. I feel like at some point, last year they kind of actively, uh, not so much as so many words, but were kind of like, we're going to change the head coach. Let's get a high draft pick. Let's not try to win. I mean, honestly, if this team was playing 100% last year, even with their deficiencies, Ben, they're better. Than, they were better than four and 12 last year, right? Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, the, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes the record is not indicative. It's not indicative of what the, what the team has done. But I think Kevin, too, when you think about when you think about this this Falcons team, like you said, their best, arguably their best player on offense plays plays receiver and running back. Right, that's arguably that best right, player yeah. when you look at what he does. Kyle Pitts has proven to be as good as advertised. You know, he's going to have to find a way to get in the end zone more, but that's more scheme than anything else. They're going to try to take him away. But uh, Matty Ice still shows that he can get it done. Defense shows flashes, not consistency. A.J. Terrell proven to be, you know, more than worth his money when you look at what he's done this year. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Hamlet's been out there on uh, Terrell Island, if you want to call it that. But overall, Kevin, they've made some strides. 
But are they close to beating Tampa? No. Like, mm-mm. They ain't close. But if they if they win against New Orleans, I mean, they'll be second in the division, which is you know is something to be said. But I just do think Kevin Arthur Smith is. I, I bet you this time next year these balls gonna be in the preseason. I bet you he's not he's not gonna take the same approach because that was the biggest thing, right? Who was Arthur Smith? Who was he without a Derrick Henry? Because well, I mean, that was the question. Yeah. You know, and 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 I would, and listen, uh, Mike Davis did score. I would say his big offseason acquisition running back did not have a great season. No, and 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 look, and, and listen, and I love all the beat writers for Atlanta. I ain't listening to nobody else coming out of training camp talking <laughs> about no running back. I want to hear it. But they are improved, Kevin, because it's not like all these games was blowouts and things of that nature. The Falcons had a chance to now. Minus that New England game on Thursday night. Now that was hard to, that was hard to watch. But yeah, the Falcons, man, they made strides, man. They they are making strides. It's a little rough. It's a little rough right now. But if they beat them Saints, and if you're a Saints fan, you, you you know what it is come Sunday. They it's never ever good to just feel good about losing, but you don't yeah. it, but the notion, Kevin, everybody has an old attitude. If we ain't going, you ain't going, they got a chance to keep old Taysom Hill and the Pesky Saints out the playoffs too. Given the way they've looked at times uh this year, the fact that they could finish eight and nine would be, I think, actually quite impressive. <laughs> at some at, at the end of the day, if they can win this weekend and go eight and nine in that the first year, that's 17. Uh, game schedule. All right, been moving on. Take three. With one game to go, Trevor Lawrence has 3,418 yards passing, 10 touchdowns, and 17 interceptions. That's the most interceptions in the league. And a 32.3 uh, QBR. So, last year, this would be a full season. He's got one more game to go. Where do you sit on the Trevor Lawrence stock after his first season. I'll go ahead and say he's played a full season because mm-hmm. nobody's played 17 before now. Mm-hmm. So his first season numbers with one to go, 3,400 yards, 10 touchdowns, 17 picks, QBR 32, and they haven't won but, what, two games. So where are you at with Trevor Lawrence? I, I, st- I still I still think he's the guy moving forward. I think, Kevin, he ran into a situation where he might be the best player on a really, really young team that's still trying to figure out how to win with a lot of chaos around them. When you think about the Chris Doyle situation, think about the Urban Meyer situation, Tim Tebow situation, they can't find a way to get it done. But he never, he never, he never, the one time that Urban Meyer, when he was a head coach, took him out, he fought to get back in the game, fought for his teammate James Robinson as to why he wasn't playing. So he is the guy, but he shows that you got to give him some help. Because I, because I, you, you go up there to Cincinnati. Joe Burrow got Chase, uh, you know, he got uh, Jamar Chase, he got uh, he got T. Higgins and those guys. Those guys just won the AFC North. Those guys around, around they're all around the same age, 21, 22 years old. So is he the guy moving forward? Yes. Is he going to be the face? Yes. You're going to have to give him some some veteran help, a, a head coach that, you know, ain't call, you know throwing everybody under the bus and you know, causing yeah. all these distractions. But, yes, Kevin, I, I think I think the Mac Joneses of the world or, you know, um, you know these guys coming in, this super-duper polish makes us think that, no, Ricky's struggle usually, right? Especially so, on bad teams. Exactly. Yeah. So 10 to 17 – Obviously shows that he's not he's he's definitely willing to take chances with his arm. Made some made some questionable throws this week. I mean they got ooh woo they got that whammy put on them <laughs> <laughs> on Sunday. But I, I I do I do think that uh, Trevor Lawrence is a guy moving forward. I I this is the first time he's ever lost in the regular season in his life, but going back to college and high school. But he 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 showed a lot to his teammates. He showed he's not a front runner. Showed that he's not good as long as everything is good around him. He's battled through some adversity, battled through some injuries. I, I think he's going to be the guy if you get him some weapons in the draft and in in, uh, in the free agency. And as you said, there's uh, there's plenty of evidence that 
a guy that throws a bunch of picks as a rookie is kind of par for the course. I mean, people, what what the standard go-to line is like, well, look at Peyton Manning. He was way up there in picks uh, as a as a rookie, right, Ben? I think he turned out okay. And I'm not saying that about, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence. I don't know who inherited the worst situation, Peyton Manning in Indianapolis or Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. But as you said, needs a lot of help. Uh, lost a couple of weapons along the way. Has had head coaching chaos. Uh, throughout his rookie season. I think it's an important head coaching hire who comes in to work with Trevor Lawrence in this offense. But you're right, Ben. I think you got to give him some weapons to get the ball to. And uh, it's, it's, see, I, I'm not ready to close the book on Trevor Lawrence yeah. just yet. Uh, I'd like to see how he bounces back with a little bit more stability there on the offense side. And again, go get the man some offensive line to block. Go get the man some receivers uh, to go out there and catch the football for him. There should be some guys in the draft, especially way up there where the Jags are going to be drafting, Ben. Uh, to uh, to help him out. But, yeah, I think a lot of people expected maybe the Jags to take – we talked about the Falcons, are they better? I think a lot of people expected the Jags to take more steps forward than they have if you consider where they're at now to be even a step forward. Well, well, Kevin, I mean, look, I, I always go back to this. People uh, – pro, pro sports, it's not different than any other sport you ever play at any level. You want to know what you got at certain positions, right? If, if, if you play baseball, if he's supposed to be a big-time pitcher, I want to see how he does when he's struggling. I know he got a good slider or got a good sinker or whatever. How was how he when it, when he, you know, when, when his base is loaded and nobody's out? Can he get us out of that? If you are, you know, if you a shooter, hey, man, shoot a shoot. I'm shoot to your high, shoot to your cold. Can you shoot yourself out of a slump? When you got a quarterback in, in Trevor Lawrence now, I will say this about Jacksonville, they got something going for them. They're trying to turn it to the Cleveland Browns because they're, they're, they're looking to have number one back-to-back, number one overall picks. Now, that is not good because, once again, you were the worst team in football two years in a row with a very, very young team. But Trevor Lawrence is the guy. You never, you only hear Trevor Lawrence. Listen, only he's only talking about the way he plays, how he needs to play better, and he's speaking up for his teammates. He's not making excuses. That that says a lot for a guy who's never really lost and knew he was gonna. Jacksonville was gonna get him no matter what they were picking in 2021. <laughs> they were snagging this kid. But I've learned a lot about Trevor Lawrence, man. He seems to be a guy you want to play with. But Kevin, you know, just like I know, winning is hard. Winning consistently is even harder. Think about the Jags. They ain't doing either right now. It might be it might be back-to-back bad season, but you're right. They get the right head coach. They got something to work with, with Trevor. They give him some, they give him some help. They they can they can they can find a way to make some noise in this AFC South. Right, we've got more to come. That's take three. We do it every day here on Three and Out as we carry over here into 2022. We'll come back. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC. The rematch is set. Alabama and Georgia after an SEC championship game in early December. We'll get a national championship contest between those same two teams here in early uh, January. Joining us here from the Locked On SEC podcast, Chris Gordy joins us here on 3 and Out. Chris, welcome. How are you? Hey, what's going on, guys? Happy 2022 to you. Hey, we appreciate you coming on in 2022. Happy New Year to you as well. I guess question one, the rematch. I know you cover the SEC, so this may be a ridiculous loaded question, but how excited are you for a rematch of what we just saw a month ago? Well, I mean, it just shows how ridiculously talented the SEC is and how dominant it has been, where this is, I think, what, the third time in the last decade this has happened with LSU and Alabama and Georgia and Alabama. Now here we are, Georgia and Alabama yet again. It just shows how dominant the SEC is and, you know, you even expand to a four-team playoff, and you still wind up with two SEC teams in the final two. It just shows the dominance of the SEC, and particularly the dominance of Nick Saban and what he's been able to do. But 
you know, for all those people west of the Mississippi and all those people on the West Coast that don't like it, tough. This is the two best teams in the country, and we're going to see them play for the national title. Chris, when you think about a guy like Nick Saban, I mean, after they won the SEC championship game, he had a look of disgust on his face. Like, I'm not going to smile. I'm not going to show any emotion. But there's something different in Alabama. While there is expectation at Georgia to try, to try to get over that 1980 hump, there is a standard that has been set at Alabama that I don't think most people understand. Bryce Young won the Heisman, but he'd rather win the national championship and be able to come back with one of them anniversary teams, right? Yeah, I mean – like, if we're just talking these two teams, like, for much of the year, Georgia was the best team, right? I mean, they were the number one team in the country. The defense was dominant. Alabama did not look dominant at, at many times this year. You know, they struggled with Florida, particularly in that second half down in the swamp. They found a way to win. Uh, they struggled with Texas A&M. They lost that game at College Station. They struggled with LSU, which was a real surprise because LSU was so shorthanded and you know, so many starters out of that game, and yet LSU gave them a game and had a chance to win it late. And then the, the Iron Bowl, they had a chance. You know, Auburn should have won that game, and you know, Alabama needed a miracle to pull that one out. So, you know, this was one of those weird seasons where Alabama won a lot of games, but they played with fire a lot, whereas Georgia was just dominant throughout the whole year. And that SEC championship game, look, a lot of us thought Georgia was going to manhandle Alabama and, and win that game. It didn't happen. Bama played their best game of the year. Georgia played their worst game of the year. And I kept saying, how does Georgia respond? And we saw that this past weekend. They responded uh, in good measure, dominating a Michigan front, that defensive front that, you know, Aiden Hutchinson's going to be probably a number one, number two pick in the draft. He didn't have a sack in this game. He was a non-factor. In fact, the Georgia line held him to zero sacks, that whole Michigan front. So that was the Georgia team that we expected and I think we're going to get a different performance this time around. There's a reason why Georgia's opening up as a three-point favorite on most sports books because, one, it's hard to beat a team twice in the same season. But, two, I feel like Georgia's going to respond and not play their worst game of the year. And I feel like Alabama, we're going to see finally some flaws from Alabama that we didn't see in the SEC championship. They masked it. They were able to, to cover it up. But I think we're going to start to see that Georgia front get uh, pressure on Bryce Young and company this time around. Well, how will it be different then for for Alabama? Uh, again, obviously, both teams uh, will not. I don't think come in with the one hundred percent same game plan. But uh, Alabama won fairly handily last time. How will all that get accomplished and close that gap? Well, I think not having John Mechie absolutely hurts Alabama. I mean, you know, they were able to get it done against Cincinnati. Slade so Bolden stepped up. They were able to throw a touchdown to Cameron Latu. Uh, but man, I mean, I thought Cincinnati actually did a pretty good job of of, uh, you know, bracketing uh, Jamison Williams and kind of trying to make him a non-factor. And for the most part, he was. Uh, the only problem was they had no answer for Brian Robinson in the run game. I think Georgia will play the run much better. You know, they were one of the best run-stopping teams in the country this year. So uh, I-, I think that's where it starts. I think the guys like Jordan Davis and, you know, that defensive front from, from Georgia, we saw them after that SEC championship game. There were highlights of that game coming out where they look a little bit lackadaisical, and I think they heard the critics, and, and that's, they're going to respond well and say, look, that's not who we are. That's not what we were the whole season. I think you're going to get a very inspired defense, uh, defensive performance from Georgia, and I think they're going to get after it. Look, Bryce Young was sacked a handful of times against LSU. He was sacked, I think, seven times against Auburn. This Alabama offensive line, I'd say to Evan Neal, had some big holes, some big problems. So I think that's going to show this time around. It didn't show in the SEC. 
think you're going to see him inspire Georgia much this time around. Chris, Brock Bowers was a guy that had an incredible game the first time around against his uh, you know, Alabama defense. You know that Nick Saban is a guy that prides himself of being able to take the other team's best player away. Do you think that they're going to allow Brock Bowers to go out there and have that type of success he did, or do you think it's going to come down to Cessna Bennett getting the ball to the – to, you know, getting the ball to the supporting cast, kind of the way he did against uh, against Michigan. Yeah, I mean, who do they have that can match up on Bowers to take him away? That's that's the biggest problem. Like, you know, Al so used to them having such a dominant secondary, and this year they haven't really had that. I mean, they've 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 had good performances, but you know, Josh Jobs has been banged up in and out of the lineup. I mean, they, they've had so many guys in that secondary that have been banged up, and they've had strong linebacker play from Christian Harris and. And obviously, Will Anderson, and, and they get good pass rush and good pressure. But, you know, I just wonder, do they, do they have anybody that can cover Bowers this time around? And, you know, Stetson Bennett, I, I know everybody gives him the moniker of game manager, uh, and Bryce Young's the Heisman winner. But let's be real. This was Bryce Young's the Heisman winner in what was kind of a down year. Like, Bryce Young, in some of his big games this year, did not play well, particularly the Iron Bowl. His stats weren't great. Sure, he had a great fourth quarter, last two-minute drive. But, you know, that's not what we give the Heisman away for. He had a great SEC championship game performance. And, you know, I almost compare this. This is almost like a, you, know, you think back to a couple of years ago, Troy Smith at Ohio State won the Heisman. It was kind of like, well, he was the best one. There really wasn't anybody else to give it to. That's what we I feel like with Bryce Young this year. He was good, but it wasn't really, like, special in that, like, my God, he just set the world on fire. And so I think there's going to be some moments in this game where we're going to see some real glaring holes and, some moments where we go, okay, this is, you know, Bryce Young, you know, maybe isn't as great when he doesn't have John Mechie and, you know, the big four-star, five-star offensive lineman protecting for him. So I think Georgia is absolutely going to set the tone. And like I said, take that game manager off a of, uh, moniker off of Stetson Bennett. I think he's going to show he can be a, a absolutely be a national championship uh, performing quarterback. We saw it this past week against Michigan over 300 yards, 32 yards rushing on three carries. I think Stetson Bennett makes the plays in this one and outperforms the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, Chris Gordy, Locked on SEC Podcast, joining us. How much does that mental psyche play a factor uh, in this ball game? where Alabama, that's why you go to Alabama. That's what's been set by Nick Saban is to play for and win championships. Georgia so much was made about getting to the SEC championship, and this is the time to get over against Alabama, and they didn't. How much of that plays into the national championship game if – say Georgia gets behind at some point, or, or just how much is that kind of we, – we haven't been able to crest that mountain come into play again. Yeah, it absolutely plays a factor. I mean, if Nick, Nick Saban's in Kirby's head, I mean, Nick Saban's in my head. You know, I mean, he's, he's in everybody's head. That's, that's what he does. So, you know, uh, I, I think it would be silly to not say that Kirby's not thinking about it in the back of his mind. But, look, Jimbo finally broke the mold. He finally got through – as a former assistant to beat Nick Saban, we know what that streak was for so long, and nobody was able to do it from Will Muschamp on down. But uh, finally, Jimbo did it this year, and you know, I think it's time for Kirby. Look, this is Kirby's best bunch. I mean, this is his best shot. If he can't do it this year, I don't think he'll ever do it. I mean, go ahead and hang it up and retire and walk away from football because this is your best chance. Alabama is always going to be talented, but this Alabama bunch is not as talented as some of the bunches in recent years, and this is Kirby's, absolutely Kirby's best bunch that he's ever had, most talented bunch. So if he can't get it done on this stage with all this to go, you know, on the line, then I don't think he'll ever get it done. But, yeah, it absolutely plays a factor, but 
Kirby's got to stay stay with what got him here and make the decisions. You know, no stupid fake punts or fake field goals or trick plays. You don't need any of that. You're a talented bunch that just underperformed in the SEC title game, and I think he's going to have his bunch ready to go for in this one and show what they can really do. And Chris, switching gears a little bit, you look at what even you look at what these LSU receivers or these LSU guys that that 2019 LSU team. People was thinking, how good are those guys? You know, when they get to the pros, you look at Joe Burrow and you know, uh, you know Jamar Chase and Jordan. I mean, uh, Justin Jefferson. I mean, Justin Jefferson uh, set the world on fire last year as a rookie, 1,400 yards receiving. Receiving. You look at what Jamar Chase is doing. I already broke his record with 13 touchdowns, in one game to go, and they win the AFC uh, North with Joe Burrow. Talk about them LSU boys just setting the the, the NFL on fire. Really uh, saying, look, man, we're not just good in college, man. We're going to pick up what we left off going from Baton Rouge to what? To, uh, to Minnesota and, and, uh, and Cincinnati. Yeah, it really is ridiculous. And I, no disrespect to Devontae Smith, but you know, I heard some people trying to say that, you know, oh, Devontae Smith is better than Jamar Chase. And Jamar Chase opted out last season. He didn't play college football. So it was easy to say that. And Devontae went on to win the Heisman. But I just kept looking at it. I said, dude, I've seen Jamar Smith all through high school and through, and through college. I just, everything I saw was like, this kid is going to be a stud. And all those people on draft night who were saying the Bengals should take Panay Sewell, oh, you got to protect Joe Burrow. I said, look, that's great. That's a great argument. But also, there's something to be said to have chemistry with your wide receiver. And Joe Burrow, that 19th season, had such a special chemistry with both Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. I said, man, if you get Jamar Chase in Cincinnati, they are absolutely going to make some plays together. And we heard it yesterday where Joe Burrow said postgame. You know, there are plays where he literally just throws it up because he knows Jamar Chase is going to go get it. I mean, it's crazy because that worked in college, and it's crazy that that's working in the NFL right now. But, no, I, I you know, look, I'm an Archbishop Rumble High School graduate. Jamar Chase is as well. So he is obviously our most distinguished high school graduate. I'll give him props for that. But uh, unbelievable what he's been doing. He's, what, fourth in the league and receiving yards right now. He absolutely should win rookie of the year. I know a lot of people are going to make a case for Mac Jones. But, you know, last wide receiver to do it was another LSU guy, Odell Beckham, did it back in 2014. Before that, it was Percy Harvin back in 2009. So I know it's mostly become a running back slash quarterback award, but I think this year they absolutely need to give that the rookie, offensive rookie of the year award to Jamar Chase. He deserves it, what he's done for that Cincinnati group. And in just two years, to go from worst in the NFL to, you know, best team in the, you know, winning the AFC North, that's unbelievable what they've been able to do. And, uh, again, I think Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase deserve a lot of credit, and it just goes to show you know, two years later how special that 2019 group really was at LSU. Uh, Chris Gordy, Locked on SEC Podcast. Chris, before uh, we get to the national championship game, there is one more bowl game featuring an SEC school, and that's LSU, of course. Uh, new coach coming in. What do you expect from LSU uh, tomorrow in that, uh, in that Texas Bowl? Yeah, I'm going to be out there. Uh, actually, uh, Alex Bregman, who's uh, you know member of the Astros World Series team, and um, you know is an LSU graduate. He's going to be holding a big tailgate outside NRG Stadium, so I'm going to be out there for that. And then I'll be at the game and excited to watch it. But man, the news coming out yesterday and today that LSU is only going to have 39 scholarship players available for this game. When you talk about opt-outs and you know uh, guys leaving for the pros and transfers and all that. I mean, you're going to have a lot of walk-ons playing in this game. It's just, it's really weird when you looked at, at LSU's cornerback depth where they don't have a lot, you know, you look at that and go, these are guys I've never even heard of. And then the quarterback, they don't even have a scholarship quarterback available for this game. They, you know, they applied for a waiver for Garrett Nussmeyer, who played in four games this year but wanted the red shirt. 
Uh, they applied for a waiver at the NCAA, but the latest I've heard is the NCAA is not going to grant him an exception to the rules. So they're probably going to have to go with either one of their walk-on quarterbacks or uh, I've even heard Jotre Kirkland, the wide receiver, may play some quarterbacks. So we'll see what they end up doing. I, I don't expect them to win the game against Kansas State, but, man, l- let it be known. If they win this game against Kansas State and they're playing a bunch of walk-ons, then go ahead and uh, just uh, crown us co-national champions because I think they'll deserve it. <laughs> Chris Gordy, Locked On SEC Podcast, our guest here on uh, 3 Now. Chris, appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Yeah, anytime, guys. Appreciate it. Chris Gordy joining us here on 3 and Out. So much more to come here on 3 and Out, including I want to get Ben's perspective on uh, this. Some weird things we saw happen in the National Football League, including Antonio Brown. Stuff happening down the stretch of the uh, football season. Certainly, anytime you say Antonio Brown, wild stuff has seemingly happened uh, involving with him. Yesterday, n- nobody's really ever seen anything like this we've had a few times in sports history where just weird stuff like this happens but ben antonio brown in the middle of the game just takes his pads off his jersey walks off and reportedly asked the police to take him to the airport they said no man we can't do that so he gets an uber takes him to the airport and goes wherever it is he goes and does not travel home with uh, the team did not pass go, did not collect $200, did not do any of that, just off the field, into a cab, to the airport, and gone. I know there's a lot to dissect other than, you know, just the optics of that, of what was said. Bruce Arians said, I never asked him if he was injured. He never said whatever. But as a teammate, if the game is going on and you see that happening, what are you thinking? Wow. When I first, when I first seen it, right, I'm, try, I'm trying to really decipher what I'm looking at. Because, Kevin, I've watched football, played football my whole life. I've, I've literally – Seen it all, done it all. I'm always shocked when there is something that I haven't seen. When you look at it, just from a, just, just from like just looking and not knowing what you look, it looked like it looked like he's losing his mind. Like what is going on with Antonio Brown? I mean, walking off the field trying to pump up the crowd that's not that's not his fans, by the way. Throwing throwing his uh, gloves and undershirt in the in you know in the crowd, uh, taking off his helmet and shoulder pads. I saw Mike Evans and DJ Howard trying to OJ Howard trying to uh, console him, saying, "Don't do it like this." And obviously the reports come out and said that he felt as though that like he wasn't good enough. I mean, he wasn't healthy enough to go back into the game. And Bruce Arians or the offensive coordinator or Brian, you know Byron Leverage or whomever was saying, I'm thinking it came down from Bruce Arians saying, if you can't go in, you done. Like you 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 done. You off the team. And Kevin, what what's really the most disturbing thing about the situation with Antonio Brown is now everything that he's done comes back up again. You see what happened to Pittsburgh with. You know, saying he's showing up late to meetings, showing up late to practice, missing meetings and doing different things. Showing up to the very last game as a Pittsburgh Steeler, not in Pittsburgh Steeler uh, gear, just wearing his regular clothes on the sideline. Then you fast forward that to the then Oakland Raiders with, you know, know, having the back and forth with Mike Mayock and, you know, uh, doing different things away from football, you know, uh, to kind of take it, you know, uh, the the verbal assault, if you want to call it that with him and Mike Mayock, the general manager at the time. Then you fast forward to go to New England. Uh, Tom Brady goes to bad form. Bill Belichick picks him up, plays in one game, has an altercation or has a situation after the first game, needed to be on the team Tuesday to collect his money, got cut Monday. Now you talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the fake vac- uh, vaccination card. You talk about uh, the situation with his chef and uh, the situations off the field with his child's mother, just all these things. And then Sunday. You got cut. I've never seen a player get cut on the field. I've never seen that. <laughs> I've never seen that. But I also ain't never seen a player react the way Antonio Brown does. And the thing about it is this. It used to be a time to where 
you know, as long as your talent superseded your behavior, they tolerated you. I think that's going out the window now, Kevin. And I think when you think about a guy like Antonio Brown, how much have we enabled this? Give Mike Tomlin, his first coach, a lot of credit. Ryan Clark, his former teammate, uh, who said, look, if you get this guy some money, I'm not saying to not give him his money, but I'm, I'm telling you I'm telling you what you guys are creating. So now you got four franchises. Four, two of them, I mean, two of them is freaking historic when you talk about Pittsburgh and New England. So I, I just think that for me, Kevin, it's, it's unfortunate. Antonio Brown is a extremely talented, gifted football player. But when people start talking about what are you unwilling to sacrifice for the greater good of the team? I think they're talking about it, Antonio Brown. I don't like he he is in a class all by himself. I don't like the whole oh who you think was a bigger cancer, T.O. and Antonio Brown. T.O. was a hell of a football player. He just didn't like quarterbacks and offensive coordinators. Now and again, I mean, and that, but but, but I, I just I just think that Kevin, you know, perception is reality. And if you're looking at that, and if you're one of the other teams that haven't had him on your team, how can you even consider? Listen, even if you agree. With him not wanting to be on the sideline, it's a way to do it, right? Like, we professionals, we pros, and the fact that Mike Evans told him, don't do it like this, A.B., or O.J. Howard said, don't do it like this, A.B., and the fact that Tom Brady, who said during the game he didn't know what was going on, till after the game, trying to say, trying to say I wish him nothing but the best, Kevin, it's not good. And the thing about the National Football League is once you prove to the to league you are more, you know, you you are more of a hassle, uh, you know, uh, you know, than a help, they 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 gonna try to they gonna try to find a way to ostracize you to move on from you because you know he's a good football player, probably a future Hall of Famer, but it's a lot that comes with this guy as well. I was gonna say, and again, there's a lot to dissect in that situation about the he said she said of how it all, uh, in this case he said he said uh, of that situation. But as a player, Ben, is that the like the worst thing you can do is walk off the field while the game is going on? And we've seen this a couple times in sports. You had, what, the bad boy Pistons. Yes. Isaiah Thomas, like five seconds left in the game in the playoffs, and they just walk off the court. Is that, as a player, is that the worst thing? I ask you because, obviously, you've been in a situation where you are getting paid to play. You were paid to play football. Is that the worst thing that you can do? Not, oh, I missed an assignment. Not, I didn't show up. Yes. To walk off the field, whether you're hurt or not, in the middle of the game and not come back, is that the worst thing as a teammate? you can do as a professional player it's up there it's, it's got to be in the top two or three right because kevin think about this i mean this, this is our livelihood this is what we do and this is something we've never seen we've we've not seen this at the amateur level we're not seeing this at the high school level people don't just walk off because the thing about it is is what does it say to your teammates you say to yourself well, wait a minute i don't like what it said there isn't a person that's ever played a sport that's ever worked at a job that had an employer or somebody of uh, you know, somebody over them say something they didn't like. You're going to just walk out. Like, literally leave. And not only when you walk out, take off your helmet. You make a, you, you make, you make a skeptical love. You, you got to make a, I'm going to take off my helmet. I'm going to take off my jersey. I'm going to throw it down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take off my undershirt. I'm going to throw it in the stands. Look, I wasn't on the team when uh, Vince Young, he actually threw his shoulder pads and uh, jersey in the stands because somebody had to go fetch that, had to go find those shoulder pads. Because, Kevin, at the end of the day, it's theatrics. It's ridiculous because you didn't like it. You don't. We're grown men. You didn't like like Urban Meyer is not in the league because you're dealing with grown men, not young men. There is a difference. That stuff don't fly in the league. What else don't fly is, I mean, because if you think about it, I'm thinking to myself, if I'm just watching this, if I've never watched football, I'm like, what is that? Do people do that? No. Like <laughs> no. nobody does it. And I think that's the thing about it. I, I said this. 
And people can get mad. I think Antonio Brown, he wants to be famous more than he wants to be a great player. He wants to be famous because famous people get away with stuff because they are famous. I'm not going to get into things I've known of, like, just actors, actresses, movies, what may have you. But think about it, Kevin. Sometimes you think you got more leverage than you think. Sometimes you think you're bigger than what you are, but this got enabled and started in Pittsburgh. I say, I give Mike Tomlin credit, but if he – I played in the National Football League for five years. I could have played a lot longer. I've never been late for a meeting. I've never – when people go, he, he missed practice. What? Like, missed practice to do what? Missed practice, <laughs> yeah. showing up late to meetings, uh, showing up late to practice, showing, uh, missing training, missing training, uh, you know, training sessions, not, not working out. That, that kind of stuff is unheard of. You are a professional football player. So, for me, that stuff got enabled. Then he still get rewarded for it, you know, Oakland and New England. So, now he go, hey, man, he looking at Bruce like, Bruce, I'm doing you the favor. Not if I got, not if I got Tom, not if I got uh, – uh, uh, Tom Brady, not if I got Grump, you know, not if I got Levante David and Dominic Sue and Vita Vea. Are you serious? I did you the favor because no one was no one was checking for you. The only person that got you back in the league twice was the greatest player of all time, New England and Tampa. So if you take away Tom Brady, he's no longer in the National Football League. But I, I guarantee you this: if if he gets another shot in the National Football League, I would be very very surprised because Kevin. What would make you think Antonio Brown going to act any different? If he's acting like that with Tom Brady, is his, his freaking quarterback. He, he, he told Bill Belichick. I'm just saying, I don't know if it's anybody else that he would, you know, because the thing is, Kevin seems to be, as long as, long as everything good with him, he good. But, Kevin, what if you say, hey, that, that's it, Antonio, be quiet. Who, you think who, who knows, man? You, you, can't, you can't build a franchise around a player who does things like what happened on Sunday. That will live on, and unfortunately for him – that's not his entire legacy, but that's going to be a huge part of Antonio yeah. Brown's legacy now. You can't not remember him for that uh, because, as you said, it's something that we just you just don't ever see uh, in, in the National Football League or professional sports in general. we got more to come here three and out on this Monday. Uh, obviously, the title game rematch is set, but Stetson Bennett with a big opportunity, needless to say, there on Monday night. We'll break that down next. It's three. Welcome back here to Three and Out. I am being true. Kevin Thomas had to step away for a second, man, just trying to, you know, pay some bills. But we, you know, just, you know, uh, Cam, man, we're breaking down all things uh, college football playoff, breaking down all things with the rematch. Cam, we know, we know who you going with in this matchup. But Cam, <laughs> now, everybody always say, you know, you see the signs and say the quote, that we won't Bama, we won't Bama, we won't Bama. If you think this is, do you think this is the year that, uh, that Georgia gets over the hump and beat them Alabama boys. Do you, do you think this is do you think this is a game, and do you think it's going to be with a guy named Stetson? I, I would hope so. I don't really know where to go from here other than, hey, man, just hope and pray. You haven't beaten the last seven times, so hopefully you get a win this time. Now, Cam, I'm, I'm going to say something everybody really want to know. It's, this, okay, let, let, let's just separate something. People don't have a problem with the, the team Georgia more than they got a problem with the fans of Georgia. <laughs> There's a big difference in the two. The players, and they ain't done nothing but went out there to Cam. You being, everybody know you, Christian, big time. You, you're, are we going to be able to deal with y'all if Georgia wins? No. Oh, <laughs> hey, the, the office might be on fire if Georgia wins. I I might set it off in here. I ain't going to lie to you. So, man, I'm going to be so excited if they can win. But hopefully, man, I'm just hoping and praying. I haven't seen a major f- sports football team win for me yet. So What about the Braves? Football. football. Oh, football. Football. I'm football. Sorry. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks a lot, Eugene Robinson and, 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 the, and the Falcons. Yeah. Well, the Falcons were three quarters. Of the oh, way, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, they actually had to bring that up. the whole game. Wow. Yeah. I had to bring that up uh, there as well. No, 
Uh, again, I think it will be interesting to see what uh, what Jordan Stetson been a chance to write a little bit of a legacy there if he goes from from walk on, transferred out, came back. Oh. <laughs> Let's hope we don't uh, finish the show over three today. I'm telling you what, 2022 not off to a great start for me. No, 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 those- I, no. I'll take the enthusiasm. I, listen, we listen. We, <laughs> we can talk about. There's only two things that get Kev, Kev revved up. That, that's bowl games and in a in a in a in a triple fudge, double chocolate. And Stetson Bennett, apparently. And obviously, a guy who's also he's listen. He's a he's either a nice he's either a nice hat or a very nice uh, male fragrance. But even or, or he's BJ's cousin. <laughs> no, I, I think that at the end of the day, uh, Kevin Stetson Bennett. And we talked about it a little bit before the show. If he and his and his teammates can pull this off, it would be one of the greatest stories all time in college football history. And again, we, we kind of compared that to the Baker Mayfield situation where he started off as a as a walk-on, but Stetson actually was there, left, came back, uh, then earned a scholarship, and now is guiding the team to the national championship game. Uh, and we'll see what happens on Monday night. But you're right, Ben. Again, probably differs from Baker Mayfield in that I don't know how many people think Stetson's going to get drafted. Uh, into the National Football League. A lot of people obviously thought Baker Mayfield would, uh, whether he won the national championship or not. So, yeah, it's an unbelievable story and uh, and legacy. And you're talking about in terms of modern history, i.e. people that mostly can uh, remember. I, I don't know how many people are alive that are like, yeah, I remember those uh, Georgia championships way back when, you know, Charlie Trippy and uh, Frank Sequitch were running around. Like, I don't know how many people remember those. I'm not saying there's none, but I don't know how many people uh, remember those uh, out there. But in the modern history, you would be talking about Buck Ballou and Stetson Bennett. And that's your national championship quarterback, potentially. Uh, well, one already is, but that means if Stetson Bennett finished, that's your national championship quarterback. Buck Ballou and Stetson Bennett. And that would be an, an unbelievable feat for a guy that, uh, as you said, by some, I, don't even, I, I hate to use the word many because I don't know, but at least some of your own fan base kind of feel like Maybe some other people should be starting uh, who were more heralded on the rivals and scout side of things, who uh, had more stars next to their name. But here's the guy, as you've said many times, Ben, if we went by stars next to your name, it wouldn't be Stetson Bennett. If you went by results when he's in the game, it would be Stetson Bennett, right? I mean, he's a guy that consistently, outside of one team so far, and maybe he gets over that hump, Stetson's played well against pretty much everybody that's been put in front of him. Uh, they're in a Georgia uniform. I, I, the one thing I'm gonna stick to that I've been saying the whole time, Kevin. I said this. Look, I, I know, I know the butt of the jokes is you know 1980. I get it. it you know, it's, it's an easy target, right? But I kept saying if Georgia's gonna win the national championship, and this, it's, this is nothing against JT Daniels, it's not gonna be from a kid that grew up in uh, you know, in in uh, Southern California. It, it's just not. Certain things to me have a lot to do with where you grew up and what you grew up doing. It's no coincidence that when Florida won two two uh, championships in 2000, 2006, the quarterback was from Jacksonville. I know he was born in the Philippines. He was <laughs> he, he grew up in Jacksonville, right? When you start thinking about when Texas won their championship with Mac Brown, Vince Young, he's from Houston. Like when USC had some of their best teams, you had a bunch of California kids from USC on those teams. When Auburn finally won the national championship, it was a kid from Atlanta with Cam Newton. So, for me, a lot of people don't know what Blackshear, Georgia is, unless you live in that part of the state of Georgia. But it just makes sense, right, Kevin? Like when you do, and, and, and I'm not saying that he's going to do it. He has as good a shot as any. But I just think that when you think about Stetson Bennett's track, we not, uh, Kevin, you talk about high school football. I don't know if you could play 
the quarterback position better than Stan Stanson did in high school. But once again, we get caught up in how things look when it comes to quarterbacks. If he walks in and you ain't looking up at him, he ain't tall enough. You know, if if he if he you know, uh, and I think with Stanson, okay, he's not his, his nickname is the mailman, given to him by his teammates, not by his family. You know, his family does you know pharmaceutical <laughs> stuff, so it wouldn't be the mailman. But I do think that Kevin, when you think about now, I know that I'm doing my best. B.J. Bennett going to bat for Stetson Bennett. I'm gonna say this to the Georgia fans. You just wanted JT Daniels because of the stars next to his name, not the way he played. Because outside of Mississippi State, his ve- now JT Daniels' first start as a Bulldog, I said, oh, my God, this kid going to play like this. It's over. But he kind of tapered off a little bit. And he, was, and he got beat out at USC. And Slovis, he's gone now too. So, you know, Lincoln Riley got everybody, you know, jumping ship out there at uh, USC. But I just think for me, Kevin, when you think about Stetson Bennett, he grew up a Georgia fan. Like you said, he started out of Georgia and left. Some, some, some can say that Kirby Smart's best decision, one, having Jake Fromm as a backup, right, because he took him to the national championship his, his freshman year, two, calling Stetson Bennett. Because Stetson Bennett has grown up in the last two years. I mean, you, t- you take Stetson Bennett off this team, I mean, Carson Beck, they won't even let him play. And they recruited Carson. <laughs> so, so for me, I, I just think that, Kevin, sometimes we get caught up in – you know, like, like like the role of a player. Oh, he don't look the part. No, he don't look like. No, he don't look like. You know, Cam Newton. At, but who does? He don't got the feet that Kyler Murray does. But who does? But guess what he does? Guess what Kyler Murray and 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 Baker Mayfield and all these big, didn't play the national championship. And and Stetson Bennett this time last year, people saying, "Hey man, we can't win with Stetson." The, the a year later, he's undefeated in the regular season. Only lost to Alabama in the SEC championship game. Beat the brakes off of Michigan, and now they head to Indianapolis. I'm telling y'all, people, you don't, Georgia fans don't appreciate Stetson. I don't know why you don't appreciate him, because no George Pickens, no Eric Gilbert. You got a true freshman quarter. I mean, uh, uh, tight end in, in Brock Bowers. He's been the go-to guy. The running game ain't been what you thought it was going to be. Uh, out of this world defense, Stetson, go out there and handle your business, young man. Listen, the same people as my as my as my uh, as my one of my mentors will say, hey, the people that love you and the people that hate you are both in the stands. They 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 both out there. So I, I just think for Stetson, uh, you know, Kevin, this this got a chance to be a thirty for thirty like you've never seen before. If even if he don't pull it off, I, I still think uh, it's a, it's a great story when you think about how it all ended up. Absolutely. And again, you get the you get the rematch. Uh, of Georgia and Alabama. Well, obviously, we have a lot of ways to dissect it back and forth. We talked to Chris Gordy. He said, look, I think it's going to be way different this go-around uh, with Georgia. They're motivated. They know they didn't play their best game, and he thought Alabama did. I, I don't know that Alabama played their best game. There was mistakes there uh, for Alabama. Just some of the breaks did go uh, their way. I don't know that Georgia played their worst game in every aspect. Now, their defense did a little bit. Is it simply the matchup? And, Ben, do you think – it will be a similar type football game, or is it just simply Georgia's more? I mean, because I, I feel like the, hey, we're more motivated is kind of a, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's yeah. kind of like a cheap thing you throw yeah. out there. But like, like Alabama's like ho-hum. We're just like, no, that's why they're there, and Alabama's to play in this game. Uh, they're, they're extremely motivated. Mm-hmm. Nick Saban uses the rat poison and lets them all eat it. Right, I mean, he's like the rat poison was yummy. He feeds that to his team, and yep. they they live off the rat poisons, as as he likes to say. And most of the time, you you fight off complacency in a program like Alabama, where you're always in the playoff, where you're contending, and you've won so much. And as you said, there hasn't been a recruited class by Nick Saban, Alabama, that hasn't won a national championship. You fight complacency with that kind of stuff. 
You had guys saying they were the underdog to Cincinnati last week. Yeah. In the national media, <laughs> not not the hey, we we respect them. They're like you hear from a lot of people, oh, we respect them, they're a good team. No, no, we're being disrespected by people who don't think we can beat Cincinnati. And literally not one person in America that wasn't a Cincinnati fan said that. Not one person. Unless you were directly affiliated with Cincinnati, thought that Cincinnati was going to beat you. And you have your players honestly believing, at least enough to say it in a press conference, that we're being disrespected. And you couldn't point to enough evidence that that was being the case if you tried. So I, I don't know that it's just the, oh, we got smoked last time, so they're going to be really fired up. Well, what, what, I mean, yeah. is Alabama just like, oh, we got this? I mean, I, I, I guess there's some of it, but Alabama is a finisher, right? I mean, the, yeah. I don't care if you said we played Georgia 15 times this season. It's the national championship game. Nick yep. Saban's going to have his team prepared. You are going to get a good shot from Alabama, and you're going to have to take it and beat them. I, and I think that's always been the case. So, uh, again, you can speak more to beating a good team or an elite team twice. I would imagine it's pretty hard. They've seen some things that they yeah. can improve on. But I, I think Alabama, obviously, is going to use some things that they did or didn't do in game one and try to execute them here as well. Yeah, and I, and I think and I think that's easy to say when somebody says, oh, Alabama played their play they best game. No, no, did they? Like, no, Alabama took advantage of Georgia not getting there with a front seven. The safety coming down on a shallow cross with Williams coming behind him, you know, with a deep with a, with a deep end with a deep end that took it to the house. Uh, the two picks in the second half, that's just game plan. That's be like, look, man, he's staring down Brock Bowles. He's staring down his number one. We're gonna force him, we're gonna, we gonna make him think it's this when it's really that. I don't know why people be looking past Nick Saban. Nick Saban is the GOAT. Nick Saban is only adding to his legacy right now. But Nick Saban understands that I don't want to be the GOAT by something I've done. I want to be the GOAT by what I am doing. Like right here, right now. Nick Saban never said we can't be beat. The reason why Nick Saban puts his uh, team in the right mindset about, dude, I'm telling y'all, man, everybody. So when you talk about how LSU almost beat them, Auburn almost beat them, in, in, the, in the words of Kevin Thomas, that's called losing. That's called <laughs> Alabama winning. And, and that's the hardest thing, right, to almost get there. Ah, didn't beat them. And the thing about it is, right, who's to say if Georgia played their best, they're going to still beat Alabama? See, that's, if Georgia played their best and – because I'm telling you, Alabama can Alabama can listen. They they can they can they can counteract anybody's anybody uh, whatever whatever you throw at them because they've seen it all done it all. And I think something you said, Kevin, in a, you know in the opening segment is I don't want to be that team that didn't do it. And I'm sorry, and I know people don't like this, but you don't want to be the team that be, that 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 uh, helps Georgia win a natty because you're gonna be remembered forever for that. And I'm not saying, listen, Georgia is no slouch by no means. Georgia is one of the best teams in the country year in and year out under Kirby Smart. But Kevin, you know, just like I know, last year in the Super Bowl, somebody said if if, if Patrick Mahomes beat uh, Tom Brady, is he the greatest of all? Hell no, no. Yeah, yeah. Then they said it about Aaron Rodgers. I said, let me get this straight. One guy has six Super Bowls. Another guy is trying to get his second. He's that, lost more Super Bowls and, and, than and, you've and, been and, to. And I, and I think that that's the problem, right? Like you can't out listen. I don't care what you do as a coach. You're not gonna do what Nick Saban has done over this over this period of time under this much scrutiny with recruiting in the SEC West. You're not gonna do it. But if you are Kirby Smart, if you don't do it on Monday, what does it do? Because you know you know what it is, Kevin. What resonates with players is when we win it. If you if what you're saying is working on the field, we gonna listen. But if you told us, hey man, I'm telling you, we're gonna do it. We're gonna beat Alabama. And if we don't, Jordan Davis is gone. A lot of these players, they gone. 
So I just think that for me, Kirby Smart has done an incredible job. But Kevin, you know, just like I know, they don't judge you on good good moments. Right. They don't judge you on good times. You got you got to finish. The and job. again, I'm not trying to say that as you said, George is not in position again. I think a lot of us are saying this is Kirby Smart's best chance. And Ben, I go back to it preseason. We had a number of people on from SEC Media Day saying. If you're going to beat Alabama, this might be the year because they have young guys who are part of that best recruiting class ever. They've recruited well again. Bryce Young's not going anywhere. They just got potentially two of the biggest transfers you could possibly get. An all-purpose back in Jameer Gibbs, who was an all-American, all-purpose player, and Eli Ricks from LSU, who is an all-American type corner. So you're getting better. Yes. It's hard to believe, but you are getting better. Yes. And if you're Mark, if you're if you're Kirby Smart, you're looking at this thing. This is a team that is built the way I want it to be. We are competent on offense. We can run the ball. We have a quarterback that can get us down the field, and we have elite defensive players. As you said, Ben, and it's not just Georgia saying this. Again, I think people hear that like, "Why are you hating?" If you can't get Alabama now, when are you going to get them? When are you going to get them? I, 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 and again, I think for Georgia, everybody is leading up to this is their time. This is their time. And I agree. And it's something I, I tell people all the time. Just because it's your time doesn't mean Alabama's going to roll over for you. Alabama is there. They expect to win on Monday night. They expect it. Kirby Smart's probably telling them nobody believes we could do it. We, uh, we've never won a game ever in our life. We've won no national championships. We might as well be Western Kentucky playing down. I'm sure that's what he said. But they are not going to just give it to you. You're going to have to, if you want it, you're going to have to go take it. And if, you're, and if you're Georgia, that's something you did not do in the SEC championship game. You did not go take it from Alabama. They took it from you, and you're going to have to do that in the national championship game. Not saying it can't be done. But it's a show me first. It's one of those things people said. Am I going to bet against Tom Brady? Well, he could be. He could be. He very well could. But he doesn't lose that much. You have to go take it from Tom Brady if you're going to beat him. And I think it's no different here than when you're getting ready for Alabama. If Georgia wants to win, they have a great shot. They have an excellent team. But you're going to have to go take it from Alabama. I don't know why everybody thinks the team you saw in week four hmm. kind of ho-hum their way to a victory over a team. You're going, man, Alabama just doesn't have it. It's time and place in college football. It's the Iron Bowl. Alabama was going to take a great shot from Auburn. You know what? They took it and kicked Auburn in the teeth and made another play, right? They played a ho-hum ball game for three quarters and uh, 14 minutes and kicked Auburn in the teeth when it mattered most and won. And that's what great teams do uh, is they – you can look at – I just don't know why everybody's like, oh, have you watched Alabama play this year? Do you think this is the same team that you saw in mid-October? Nope. I, I the, don't because the, 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 the last two times we've seen them, they've been dominant. They dominated Georgia and they dominated Cincinnati. And why why don't we talk about Alabama like one out the teams we root for can beat them, and two our teams will even be on the same field with them. Look look at the history of the college football playoff. Either you had to beat Alabama to get to the college football playoff national championship, or you had to beat them in the natty. Well, Ohio State, Urban Meyer, they had look who they had Zeke, Michael Thomas. They had some big time players. I mean, Clemson, they had, I don't know, Deshaun Watson, he's a bum. Then they had Trevor Lawrence. Look who had to, look who they had to have to beat these guys, which means Bryce Young and them are saying, hey, dude, I know that we're not that good, but if we're not that good, what are y'all? If we're not that good, what are y'all then? Because if we're not, y'all showing. Because at the end of the day, we're the SEC champ. Now we got to go out there and prove because 
The last time Georgia won the SEC championship, they lost to the national champion. That would be Alabama. Can, 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 it, can it be a little role reversal? I'm just saying, Kevin, you know the storylines are, are, are going to be going and going and going. I just think that Georgia's going to have to say to themselves, look, dude, are we willing to take punches? Because we, we can throw punches. Can you take them? Because Alabama's going to make plays. So is Georgia. But when people say, well, Alabama played their best game, I don't know if they played their best game. They couldn't even run the ball. They just took advantage of them. I told you, schemes, matchups, dictate outcomes. And right now, Alabama's saying, listen, whatever we did against Cincinnati and we did against Georgia the first time, we can throw that tape out. We might, we might go to something totally different. Can Georgia adjust to what Alabama does on offense? Because the thing about it is, is if Stetson can't get the ball to Brock Bowers, Who's going to – is Byrne or Kiaris Jackson going to be that guy? I mean, Darnell Washington caught a touchdown pass. Um, George Pickens caught a, long, caught a long deep throw, and that was it. That's all they did the whole game. They didn't get another target the whole game. So, I don't know if you just become something different, Kevin, because the license is bright. You know, I just think that for this Alabama team, they fight they, – they playing for legacy. They don't want to be that team to say, y'all lost to who? Because I guarantee you right now. Well, I mean, George is playing for that too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lost, he lost bad to them to them Clemson guys, right? But Trevor Lawrence and I get it. So people thought, oh, Clemson about to go on a run. Who shut that run down? LSU shut it down. Then Ohio State, but guess Ohio State. Hey, there go Justin Fields. He finally got some getting back against Trevor Lawrence. Who did he meet? He met Mac and Devontae, Jalen and Najee. Beat down. So I'm telling y'all. If you want to, if you want to win in college football, you don't set your you set your team to do two things: beat the best team of your conference if it's not you, and beat Alabama. I know that is I know that is <laughs> unfair, but if you win your conference, Kevin, you got a chance of playing in the in the college football playoff. And either you you gonna get Alabama, and they're gonna be saying, "Yeah, man, our jersey, we, you know, we gonna have on black cleats, we gonna have on white tube socks, we gonna have on we gonna have on that maroon and that maroon helmet." Our crimson. Listen, we're going to have one of them crimson, crimson. helmets and jerseys. We're going to look real plain. But when they snap that ball, it's going to seem like it's 30 of us out there. So we'll, we'll see what happens Monday. But Georgia, this is the year, man, because you in it. No excuses, Kevin. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we've got more to come here. Three and out. Been a great bowl season uh, as well. A lot of people talk about how do you make it a little more relevant. Uh, we'll get to that next. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio. Here on this Monday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop here with you. Bowl season down to two games. You got LSU and Kansas State tomorrow in the Texas Bowl. We heard Chris Gordy say LSU 39 scholarship players for for that bowl game tomorrow night. Could be very and going to start a walk on at quarterback. So mm. it could be very interesting there uh, for that. But uh, Ben, you look at bowl season. I know I I say there's too many bowl games, but how relevant do you think bowl season is? I know a lot of people talked about. You know, what can you do to, to spice it up and uh, and make some more of these games uh, matter? Do the bowl games even need to matter? Do If you look at them as, you know, it's just another uh, game, maybe a preview to next year with all the transfer portal guys uh, that are out there. Is it just practice for next year if you're not in the college football playoff? And I guess you go back to expanding the playoffs and do you get better bowl season if you have 12 or six games, uh, potentially that matter, uh, as opposed to just the two the semifinals that we got. I think I think you do uh, add more more uh, games, uh, you know, Kevin, to the college football playoff menu if you if you want to look at it like that. But bowl games do matter because Kevin, it's it's like this: what, what makes what makes bowl season any different than the NCAA tournament? There are teams in the NCAA tournament you have no interest in watching during the year, right? And you and you watch them. 
then something crazy could happen. You could be like, wait a minute, that kid can, yeah, that kid could play. I did not know that Marvin Harrison Jr. played for Ohio State. That's one of the biggest brands in college football, right? I found out about Saquon Barkley one because you know, I, you know, uh, PJ is a you know uh, is a big time PSA fan, but I saw him in the Rose Bowl against Sam Darnold. That got be number two and number three pick in that year's draft. When you start saying the bowl games don't matter, one, either your team didn't make it to a bowl game, or two, you just don't like college football. It's a lot of them. But it, of course it matters. But, but Kevin, something you said too. I don't think the bowl games are fully embracing this NIL and how much they could benefit from this too. Like, I think what it is is, Kevin, the bowl games or the bowl sites are still doing business as usual when college football and the and the and the reputation of college football, that of the players is changing, right? So, because you think about LSU. LSU got a walk-on. 39 players are, 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 are dressing. They, they're not opting out. Meaning they, 39 they, scholarship, scholarship players. Guys, they're gonna be, AKA they're going to be tired as hell. <laughs> Number two, you got you got a walk-on start. Now think about that walk-on who come to every practice, show up to every game, you know, uh, showing up to all, all, the, all, the, you know, all the training regimen, all the workouts, but don't get to play. This is a walk-on's dream. So I think that the thing is, Kevin, we need to be, and I'm talking about the people that's over these bowl games, need to be more, you know, like innovative with what they do. Because I will say this, I didn't, I didn't start to my senior year in college. I mean, I was blessed enough to go to a Sugar Bowl uh, my freshman year and uh, Orange Bowl my sophomore year and back-to-back Outback Bowls. But what I realized was is oftentimes they decide what we want to do in these cities. They don't ask us, what would you like to do in these? We're here for a week. We're, not, we're 18 to 24 years old. Like, I mean, some of us might want to do Read to America. Most of us don't. <laughs> well, and, I mean, and, that's and, part I, of the bowl outreach. But, I get but, that but part. I, yeah. But I will say this, Kevin, something we said, though. If, once again, I can, listen, we're going to get this. We're going to get the Kevin Thomas, you know what it is, bowl. Sure. Right? Sure. In Vegas. That's, Kevin, where, that's where it would be. Now, Kevin, you over this bowl game. And if Vegas won't have me, we're going to the Bahamas <laughs> or something. Bah- that's all yeah, it listen, is. Either, yeah. Listen, either, either Bahamas, Hawaii. Yeah. You know, somewhere like, you know, uh, I mean, I'm I'm just saying. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, Puerto Rico. That's a that's an American territory. We, you know, we can go there if, if need be, depending on depending on the conditions there <laughs> at that point. But no, you you were talking about doing more for the players. Like, sure, we, you know, like like if somebody says, "Hey, man, if I don't want the bowl gifts, what's the cash value?" That should be an option, right? It should be, "Hey, man, I mean, I'm sorry, man, I already got a cell phone, or I I want the cash." And how much more can? Because when you think about it, if you're rolling out the red carpet. For two boat for two teams, that's what a little bit under what that's about two hundred some people. That's not a lot of people. You can fit that many people in a hotel room on you know on a couple of floors. Yeah. I'm saying the bowls need to start taking. And if you are a potential nil, you know person, dude. I mean now let well, me that's say that's really this. everybody. That that, well you, now now for those who don't know, you can't you still can't have an agent until you declare for right. the National Football League. But what I'm saying is, Kevin, I think the bowl sites aren't taking advantage of the fact that everybody's important when they're there. And they don't know, I know you, you want to get Stetson Bennett or, you know, Bryce Young, but the backup to the backup is important because as long as they're wearing those colors, people are going to go crazy. Because in the grand scheme of things, do we really know who anybody is? No. We know who Tom, <laughs> we know who Tom Brady is, right? Everybody knows him. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, these these bowls, I could take more advantage sure. of the fact that you got the you got number one to be a bowl city. I don't know how hard it is to get one because I'm pretty sure for every city that got a bowl site, there are a bunch. Well, we we literally made one up. 
I don't. Like we have a no name bowl game to the point I still don't know. I don't remember is. which one. I think it had a bowl sponsor to it, but I'm, I'm trying to think of what it was. But it's like we literally made one up. I mean, out of thin I mean, air, I mean, I'm, just I'm, to uh, to accommodate I'm, I'm, everybody. When I, when, I, when I was in college, everybody had scooters. We call ourselves the Rough Riders. Everybody has everybody. You know, you can't afford no car. You got a scooter. Just imagine. I'm just throwing it out there, Kevin. You know, we in college. We talking about college days. We, Did my, you have my, a scooter? Yeah, I had one. I got it from one of my teammates, man. I mean, uh, David Jorgensen, he was going to the draft, and I told him I, I told him I'll pay him a thousand thousand dollars for the school. I think I gave him like a two hundred dollar down payment. Still don't know where the two hundred dollars came from. And then, you know, we kind of lost contact till he came back for his bold <laughs> for, for his pro day. What what scooter? What are you talking about? Hey, no, no, no. He came back for his pro day, right? And I like and obviously he was out there. He, I said, I, I, Kevin, I hit him with it. Really, dude? You about to come on, man. You about to go to the You want my eight hundred dollars? But what I'm saying is, just imagine Kevin. Going back to the, you know, uh, to the Valdez State days, right? And you saying, hey, y'all going to a bowl game. You're on the team. And Kevin, they say, hey, Kevin, we fixing to give you a, a means of transportation. You're going to say, all right, because I'm going to find a way to utilize this stuff. My nephew is in college. He just finished his uh, freshman year. He said, he said, Uncle, I ain't no people this broke in college. I said, yeah, because you, you just got there. <laughs> oh, yes, there is broke and there is college broke. And there is a difference in the two. So I do think, hey, college, bowl, these bowl sites. Take advantage of the fact that you got some of the most highly sought-after athletes in the world, at, you know, in your city. And if you just say, yeah, man, we had a good time with him. No, man, I'm saying, boy, we got this kid. And like something we said about, you know, paid internships that they graduate. Something, sure. something a benefit because if I didn't play in the regular season, listen, I didn't play the Sugar Bowl. Miami really looked good. I don't know. I ain't get out there. Uh, the Orange Bowl, I got out there. They threw me a pass. I got hit in the ribs, and they, they cracked my ribs, and I had to drive. I had to drive, drive back to Gainesville trying to breathe. Then I got to go to Tampa twice. I'm just saying, yes, it worked out for me. The University of Florida and my aspirations of going pro worked out for me. But I think about every other player that just wanted to, how do I really enjoy this college football experience? Man, we went to this bowl game, man. I got my future job because I spoke to somebody who told me, yeah, not only am I giving you this, I'm going to have you back for a paid intern. I'm just saying, trying to trying to think outside the box. Yeah. But the Kevin Thomas, you know what it is. Bahamas slash Vegas slash yeah. Puerto Rico Bowl is going down. We'll just hit them all. <laughs> we'll just go everywhere. Have us, uh, have us a, grand, a grand old time. No, we got, again, I want to talk more about this. We'll, take, we'll step aside. Because, again, I think people talk about how do you make the Bulls more appealing. You had a lot of opt-outs. Uh, obviously, guys in the transfer portal that weren't playing uh, in certain bowl games as well. I want to get to that. And, and, and how do you maybe appeal to guys to stay and play just one more game? This is 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin. We'll be back here, 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Ben, I want to continue a little something about how you make these bowl games uh, more interesting. I think expansion, to me, helps uh, in terms of that. You mentioned uh, off the air, Chris Olave, Ohio State, did not play and the guy that really benefited from that had over 300 yards uh, receiving uh, there in that football game. So I think you look at making more games count in terms of uh, the playoffs. Those New Year's Six Bowl games were very, uh, very good. And to me, guys who still have more time, uh, potentially NIL deals. If you are a big-time player, why can't you work a one-game NIL deal? Say, I will be an official uh, voice of the Rose Bowl. You know, the one I'm playing in. You are a sponsor. You're the company X involved with the Rose Bowl. You sponsor the Rose Bowl. I will be the pitch man. And you can say, hey, watch me and my team in the Rose Bowl. I, I think there are certain uh, opportunities there for, for people to get involved. And, again, I, I think uh, we've seen it, Ben, for NIL-type stuff, for name, image, likeness, 
Uh, in today's day and age, you really just need that moment, that one thing. I mean, there are people that have millions of followers because they made one video. They made one YouTube video. They made one TikTok video. And all of a sudden, hey, I got 2 million followers because I went viral and I'm, I'm making cash every month because people like my videos or what have you. I don't see why you couldn't entice some guys who's like, hey, I know you're thinking about going pro, but if you play in this game, we'll give you a, a, a short-term. And I, I mean, again, NIL deals don't have to be for multi-years or yeah. years. They could, yeah. Hey, this is an NIL deal for two weeks. The two weeks leading up to the bowl game, we yes. want you to be uh, the face of this bowl game. I, I, I do think there's some opportunities to keep the star guys. And you say, well, this guy's going to make millions of dollars. I get it. But as you know, Ben, you've told us this. You, you didn't get paid off your NFL contract. for It wasn't like you quit playing in December and had NFL money. Like, you could say, listen, I know you got to get to Indy. I know you got to do some training. We'll, we'll give you some money to do an NIL, play in this bowl game, help us promote the bowl game. You're in it. You're playing. And we'll make it worth your while because, obviously, uh, I think it would be worth uh, their while to promote the fact that they have, you know, stars in the game. That's what every sport uh, likes to, pr- to pride itself on. These are the guys that you're about to watch. Uh, so I, I think there's possibility. Again, we're not talking millions of dollars, but I, I certainly think when you're talking about hyping up bowl games and you get some players like, could you have been enticed? Maybe not Chris Olave money, but could you have been enticed? We said, hey, if you will help us promote this bowl game for the next two weeks, we'll give you $10,000. Yes. And I, and I think that well, – no, no, hold on. No, no, this is the thing. Let me, let, me, let me help you understand something. You know, potential is a very, very dangerous thing because we all have it. Most of us will never, ever live up to it or even meet it. When you start to – until Chris Olave makes me, he's broke. He's a college athlete, <laughs> right? So, so – but, Kevin, think about what you said, though. I mean, I think a lot goes into that. Hey, young man. We want you to promote the bowl game that you're going to be in. And th- and, but this is what you do with that. You ask him, hey, how would you promote it? Because this, this is where the disconnect comes. You got you to, you know, you, you, know, you got a middle-aged, you know, man, talking to a very, very young man. You want to appeal to both his demographic and your demographic. So if I put out a TikTok video, you're going to know I did it because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but. If I let my, you know, my children or my niece and nephews help me do it. So in a sense, Kevin, and this is the thing. I, I heard somebody say this. Somebody go, what makes Chris Olave who he is? Because we say he is. Like, that's anybody that's, that's anybody doing anything. How many people did you not know who they were until they attached them to a brand and you start looking at them? Yeah. You don't know what they really do. So, <laughs> so think about it. I don't know who the head, like, okay, Aiden Hutchinson is the is starting uh, you know, uh, defensive end. For the, for the Michigan Wolverines. They got him picked to be number one. No one knows him right now. But you're going to hear his name so much between now and the draft, he's going to feel like a household name. Who do they do that for? Josh Allen. When he was in college. Now, he panned out. But think about this. If we own a company, and I'm saying, hey, man, the, I don't know, the, 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 the San Diego State, they coming, they coming to see us. Pick any one of them. It don't got to be the star quarterback. Man, well, I'm saying, some, but like, but if you're enticing a star player, it could be a, the cornerback or whatever. Well, well, yeah, uh, that, well, yeah, that, that, that's saying, yes. you know what? I may not play. Well, two, two, think two, about well, this. Well, two things you can help them do. They got these, uh, and I and I'm pretty sure I, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that Matt Corral is okay uh, quarterback for old sure. They say it's an ankle, but they let you do these. Uh, they let you do these insurance plans to where you you can go and invest in an insurance plan and say, hey, if I if I play in this bowl game, and I was and my draft stock was supposed to be you know a top twenty pick, and because of the bowl game. I go pick 21 to whatever, I get a certain amount of money, 
And it only kicks in. Now, if I go pick 19, it goes away. But if I go pick 21, that's something else, Kevin, because it doesn't hurt either party. You're going to play a certain amount to get it. And if you don't get it, it don't even go in. The, I'm telling you, it's so many ways. I don't get how they're not doing this because I'm like, dude, I'm telling you. Well, I mean, NIL is still relatively new. I, I think that's part of uh, uh, something that's, that's you know, outside the box. And don't always say it got to be money either. Let me tell people something. No, but, I mean, I'm saying, but, I, but you're talking about what will entice – I mean, because what's the – well, I say it's money because what's the enticement for these star players to not play? Well, I'm about to go make – Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to play well, here, well, here, football league. Why am I playing well, we'll think, in the we'll Gasparilla we'll Bowl? We'll like, think, I understand yeah, that part. We'll think of about it, this, though, Kevin. I mean, what, it's like if, if, I'm, if I'm going to a bowl game, this would have, this would, and just say so you got an NIL person, they say, hey, man, what do you like to do? Because they don't really know me, right? And I, and, and I say something, they say, oh, we can do that. Like, if somebody go, hey, man, what? If I say, hey, man, we're a, uh, we're a bank and we sponsor this, this bowl game, yeah, we're going to give you, you know, a down payment on a certain on a on a home that costs a certain amount, and you going now. Imagine I'm like, man. But then I called Daddy Troop. Daddy, man, they're talking about giving me some money for a down payment. And you said no. It's like I'm telling you, Kevin. It's so much stuff you can do. Plus, I still listen. As long as you got a building, I got the insurance policy. I'm a, I'm gonna come. You mean yeah? That mean Jake Butt, who played at Michigan, who won the Thor, who won the uh, John Mackey Award, got hurt in the bowl game. He tore his ACL. He ended up going like fourth or fifth round to Denver. He got an insurance plan. He got he ended up getting them like around like I don't know eight nine hundred thousand dollars because he was supposed to go higher than that. They they've been doing that since I was in school. So that's something that the NIL can say. Look, give me I, I'm doing something for you and I want the money. But what type of incentive? Hey man, if, if something happened to you, uh, injury wise, you're gonna get this. Meaning, I don't know how many millions you're supposed to get projected, but you're gonna get if you don't go, we're supposed to go. We're gonna give you a million dollars. What? Yes, meaning I don't want to get hurt. But, Kevin, if I'm going into something knowing, the worst that can happen to me is a million dollars. That's the worst that can happen to me. Not well, I mean, you don't out. do that for everybody, obviously. But, I mean, that's – But I will say this. But that's only But that's only if – Now, if you go in the bowl game and you don't get drafted high and you didn't get injured, well, that's not, that's not what you bought. That's an injury type insurance yeah. thing. But what I'm saying is, Kevin, it's so many things because – we we see the Chris Alaves, we see the Christian McCaffrey's, we see the uh, you know the Alina Fernandez. It's only a very small amount of guys, sure. but <clears throat> that if you expand the college football playoff, check that that's gonna get him in. Cause and last time I checked, Georgia, uh, Alabama, Cincinnati, Michigan, they ain't had no opt outs, and 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 Michigan gonna have potential number one overall pick. He was out there diving around, getting picked, trying to get it, cause he wants. So I but. I do think that we, uh, Kevin, uh, certain certain things can be can be done, and I don't think it has to be extreme. But once again, we are like ten thousand dollars is a lot of money to most people. Period. I mean, we gonna give you ten thousand dollars. You gonna give me the insurance thing? Well, that's the insurance company. But well, they sponsored the bowl game. But, here, we, <laughs> <coughs> but I, I I do think certain things could be done, and hopefully will. Because Kevin, like you said, NIL is is rarely new, but to get the opt outs. I mean, to, to be, be less, and again, yeah. if you expand the playoffs, that takes care of some of it. But if I'm like, say, the Peach Bowl, is it worth it for me to try to get Kenneth Walker and Kenny Pitt to play in that football game? I think it is. Yes. Not that you didn't have a great game without them, but I think it's worth it for you to do something to try to get them to play. And I think with an NIL deal, you can say, hey, fellas, both of y'all are saying you don't want to play. We want both of you to play. 
let's let's figure it out. And whether it's becoming a Chick Fil A, and I mean, I just yeah. think that, I yes. just think yes. I think there is a, there are ways to incentivize the top players who I'm might t- otherwise listen, play. I'm, we we don't we don't we don't think about it right now, Kevin. But and you get better football, you get better bowl games, you get more interest. And, to watch and like I said, look, look, the bowl games. Why do coaches love bowl game bonuses? Exposure, but they get more, they getting more money. So if I'm giving them something, if somebody say Kevin got ten thousand because he was a quarterback, Cam, you got five thousand because you was a backup quarterback. I just got there and I managed to get me a car. Y'all gonna be like, how do he got a what? He got a car. Well, how did he do that? Well, he said he didn't take the money. Now I didn't. I'm not going. I don't got to get the nicest car. I didn't have a car. You know what my cars was? Mac and Charlie. That would be my left and right foot. Apparently, you were, apparently you were riding a moped. That's, uh, that's what you were saying earlier. Kevin, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, Kevin, think about this, Kevin. You're in college. You're not looking for anything. If somebody says, we're going to give you a moped, a brand spanking new one to get around, you're going to be like, all right. And you get to play in the game. And, or they say, and if you get MVP, you get this amount. Like an incentive? Yeah. I mean, think about this, man. I mean, Antonio Brown, a part of yesterday was the fact that he wasn't going to get his incentive. Don't think that incentives don't make you play harder. They do, people. You're getting something. <laughs> I'm just telling you. We've got more to come. Three and out here on this Monday all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here on this Monday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. I'm going to try to not make it 0 for 3 today and just talk right through the hard out, uh, Ben. It's been a rough. I mean, I've been struggling today uh, trying to get it to the end of it's every hour. Day back. It's, you know, it's that's, for, yeah, we had, that's what happens. You give me a little time off. I stop worrying about the <laughs> clock. I don't, uh, you know, I don't worry about what's going on. I'm worried about what Cam's throwing up in my face over here. It's like, hey, five seconds. Cam's no, the, no Cam's five seconds. Cam was throwing them up. Like, no. no five seconds. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> we got Monday Night Football coming up uh, later tonight. We've got bowl game tomorrow. So still uh, a lot of football uh, out there. And, of course, the national championship coming up on Monday, a week from tonight. So Georgia and Bama, the rematch, as Ben said, we'll, we'll have it dissected oh, yeah. uh, every single possible way about uh, we, we possibly can between now and then. But we are going to have the rematch, and both teams, I think, with the, with the feeling that they got a lot to uh, to play for. Obviously, it's the national championship. Kevin, I mean, uh, once again, you think about Alabama and what they mean to college football, what they mean to the college football landscape of things. They are the man. We always talk about to, in order to be the man. They are. The, I mean, ask anybody. Ask LSU. Ask Ohio State. Ask, ask you know, ask Clemson. Ask Florida. Ask Auburn. Everybody had to deal with them Alabama boys. So if Georgia wants to finally get over the hump, you thought you was going to get a pass. You get them twice. <laughs> so I, I I just think Kevin is it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a really really good game with with storylines top to bottom star players top to bottom but you but listen but can the student beat the teacher because think about Kirby Smart he talk a lot until he talking about Alabama he get a little well you know I don't really want to say that much but we'll we'll see what happens but I mean it's just Monday by the time. You know, next Monday come, we'll be in a broker that we'll be telling you what these players' favorite colors are by the time it's over. Oh, there's, there's no question. And, again, I know a lot of respect for yeah. uh, for what Alabama does there from Kirby Smart. But, again, it has to be weighing out there. This is an, another opportunity. Pressures are privileged. Well, the pressure's there. An opportunity to get over on Alabama and win the first national championship since 1980 uh, there at Georgia or Nick Saban to win, like, his 700th uh, seemingly uh, ring if he gets it done next Monday night. So who knows? And we've got the rematch, part two, here in uh, the 2021 season next Monday night. We'll see you tomorrow, three and out.